0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. So this week on the Garage Beers podcast, it is episode 87 and we have another very special guest joining us. Coming into the podcast this week to talk about some Buckeyes football and some NFL football is former Ohio State offensive lineman, a guy that grew up in Cleveland. He's a Glenville tar blooder, Bryant Browning. Ryan and the guys are gonna talk about the Buckeyes, the starts of their season, plus we'll get a little NFL talk in there as well. So coming up the driveway, open up your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for garage beers. Welcome, everybody, to episode 87 of the Garage Beers Podcast, proudly brought to you on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network and the Unhinged Radio Network. You can find the Garage Beers Podcast online at The Garage Beers on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at The Garage Beers Podcast on Facebook. And then you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss our TikTok. Go find us at The Garage Beers Podcast or Garage Beers Podcast. I don't remember what our TikTok name is, but go find The Garage Beers Podcast on TikTok. We're doing, uh, we're doing our fun winter sports videos again. Chad just came out with a great one. And make sure you go over and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, where we post videos of all of our special guest interviews uh, over there, and you don't want to miss those. Joining you as always, I am your host, Michael Keefe. Go find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And with me, as always, over on the east side of Cleveland, it is Chad Meyer at Garage Beers Chad. What's up, Chad? Uh, Hi, Mike. Hi. hi, uh, hi. Uh, hey. Hey. R- Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Hi. There it is. Yeah. Uh,
2: you remember how I'm a bit of an expert on conditions? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, recently I've become a bit of an expert on random facts.
1: Go yeah. on. Random fun facts. Yeah, first of all, that is, an ex- that is a random fact that you are an expert on random facts.
2: Yeah, but uh, they're true. Uh, I, For instance, I, I don't go looking for these. People just decide to start telling them to me and I have a very selective memory and probably why my wife gets mad at me a lot. Uh, Anyway, uh, I learned today that potato chips make you fatter than most foods in the world like any other food. Harvard did a study. Can confirm. (laughs) Yeah, Harvard did a study that like potato chips make your ass fat better than uh like uh non-processed meat uh like soda sugar sweetened sodas and uh, uh other stuff too i can't remember like off the top of my head
1: what it was but like candy just everything but apparently potato chips make you a fat ass but oh, yeah can confirm agreed beer and potato oh, chips oh. solid part of my diet and okay. hello yeah okay <laughs> i love it all right all right, Chad, well, we got an awesome episode coming up, and we're we're just going to kind of get right into it because we've got a great special guest. Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, what? whoa. Whoa, how are you, Mike? How are you? Joey's not here, so we got to find out how you are. Chad, I'm great. I'm sad Joey's not here for the second week in a row. He's got something crazy going on. He'll tell us about it next week. So we miss Joey down in Nashville. Go follow him anyways at Garage Beers Joe. Uh, but I'm doing great, Chad. It's been a crazy busy week, but... It's week 10 of the high school football season. So getting ready for that on Friday, Uh, I'm going to the Browns game uh, this week against the Broncos. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Yeah. And, and I don't know. I'm just good. Life is good. Uh, But anyways, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into our episode here. Chad's muted. You muted yourself, Chad. I don't know. I, I I just got kicked out and came back on. So, (laughs) Oh, Hey, welcome back. I'm back. Uh, but we're going to get into all that, but we've got a great episode. We have got a very special guest, Bryant Browning, former captain of the Ohio State Buckeyes football team. He joins us. Uh, we're going to talk some football, uh, both probably the college and the NFL level. Plus, he's got a great story that we want to talk about as well. Uh, so uh, we're going to get him in here. And, uh, and yeah, we're going to have a great time with him. All right. And we are very excited now to be joined by another special guest. Again, we if you, if you know us here on the Garage Beers podcast, we're always just amazed. We've got 80, we're on our 87th episode. And I want to say wow. we have like 78 to 80 special guests. Uh, and so we're always lucky that people say yes to us, including <laughs> our special guest tonight. This is a Clevelander. He is one of us wow. here in Cleveland. He yes, was a yes. Glenville tar blooder, And this, this is like, this was like the Glenville, some of the glory days at Glenville. Uh, uh, and then he went on to Ohio State, where he was a three year starter and a captain of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Played For a little while in the NFL, and now this dude knows barbecue and football. <laughs> we are very excited to be joined by former Ohio State Buckeye, uh, Brian Browning. Brian, welcome to the Garage Beers podcast.
3: Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Mike Chad, thanks for having me. Dude, Looking forward to it. It's gonna Atlanta. be a good time.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know, like, I know that you're a football player and I know you're an expert on football, and like, ah, well, we'll, we'll get into that, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a fat guy myself, so I don't know how we don't start this by talking about barbecue.
3: <laughs> hey, it's always a good start for me. Good start for me. So if you're <laughs> in the Columbus market, you got to come check us out. Come check out the Pit Barbecue Grill. Uh, we have three locations uh, in the yeah, Columbus yeah. area. So we I know I'm a little biased, but
1: I'm telling okay. you, the food is really good. Really good. <laughs> so uh, if you if you don't know, if if you haven't heard of the Pit Barbecue, you haven't been listening to the Garage Beers podcast because... Uh, Bryant started the pit barbecue with a couple buddies of his. One of those buddies uh, being uh, our former guest, a guy we had a great time on the show with, Chimdi Chekwa, former Ohio State Buckeye football player. Uh, Was that something? How long have you guys? How long did you guys talk about that before you like actually went in and opened up a barbecue restaurant?
3: Uh, So it it took a while. to Be honest, a lot of planning went into it. Uh, So me and Chimdi, we we was college roommates, so we've been. Friends since Ohio State. We're same, same year, uh, came in the same year as a freshman at Ohio State. Um, I believe our second year at school is when we became roommates. So, uh, obviously, you know, your college roommate, you know, one of your best friends, uh, be one of your best friends for the rest of your life. You, we, I think you got you, We all know how that goes, right? They know a lot of secrets, right? They know a <laughs> lot, right. lot of secrets.
2: Something's got right. to exactly. stay locked in the vault. Something's got to stay locked in the vault.
3: Exactly right, right. So, uh, so for near to be honest, Chimpy was always more of a bi- business-minded person. Uh, when coming out of college, he was trying to do a couple of things that, as I said, this didn't work out. I think it's from his family. His father owns a lot of business, and his um, his other relatives. That so he was more had that business mindset. With me, more or less, I was like. I don't know. I'm pissed <laughs> right now, you know, so not really, really even thinking about it. <laughs> right. But, you know, as the NFL says, you know, not for long, right? You, only, you know, you only play NFL, you know, most guys was well, like three years, two years now, something like yeah. that, sure. Yeah. So um, I boxed around for like four. I think Chimby probably played, I I'm, a, I'm a butcher, maybe like six, about six years or so, or something of that sort. Um, and so when we kind of get towards the end of our career, um, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next, right? Like, you know, what what I'm going to do now, what is this life going to look like for Brian Browning. Um, and I decided I want to come back to Columbus. Um, my my girlfriend, fiance, wife, now wife at the time was Stan Ashley in Morgantown, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're going to move back to Columbus. You know, that seems like a good place to start life type, type of deal. And so that's what we did. Um, and at the same time, Jim career was, he still was playing, but it was kind of wandering down a little bit. He's having a lot of injuries and things of that nature. Uh, we convinced him, like, hey, you should come back to Columbus, too. <laughs> like, hey, your friends are here coming <laughs> to Columbus. Um, so he did. He ended up moving, ended up finding a house, coming back to the Columbus area. And then our other business partners, uh, Mike Johnson and DeAndre Martin, um, we've been friends for a really long time. Me and, me and Mike Johnson went to middle school and high school together. So he's from Cleveland as well. Uh, came to Columbus, went to a smaller university in the area. Uh, Then we met DeAndre in college as well through his wife and Chim's wife They was in a a sorority together. And so we met DeAndre while he was in college. So we've known each other for a long time. Um, DeAndre and Chim, like I said, it was really big on the business side of things. Uh, We was all just good friends. Um, We felt like the Columbus market, we had a a niche in our type of barbecue bringing it to the Columbus market. Uh, so that's what we did we put our minds together we came up with some really good recipes from families and uh, from family members and things of that nature we came up with some really quality food and decided to open up a barbecue restaurant so, that's it's how we all, it. so it's
2: all family like were you guys just sitting in like your backyard practicing barbecue and you're like yeah man we
4: could
3: do this we could do uh, this is that really good yeah 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 exactly that's exactly how it went so uh like I say I'm from Cleveland my partner DeAndre is from Cleveland my other partner Mike Johnson' is from Cleveland as well. Um, yeah, and so cool. when we wanted to open up a barbecue restaurant we, we took them we brought them to Cleveland we took them to some of the locations that we ate used to eat barbecue at in Cleveland and we went by family members house and tried out some of the uh some of the recipes there when it comes to like who got the best mac and cheese who got the best recipe for for collard greens who got the best recipe for candy yams and then we just oh, kind of put all that stuff together and we we <laughs> set out we did a lot of eating at the time We've been open five years now. It sounds crazy. It's been five years so fast. And uh, But at that time, before we started, we did a lot of eating. Just trying out, hey, what makes sense? Is this good enough? Is it restaurant quality? Will people buy it? <laughs> you know, is it good enough for people to yeah, buy? Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, so that's how we kind of got started and came up with a recipe book, book and then, uh, you know, we, we ran huh. from there. So. so what were the – I want to know the Cleveland places. places. Yeah. Uh, so I'm East Side, right? So East Side Glenville. So we have open pit yeah. right there on St. Clair. Um, yeah. we went to uh, Kims. Uh, Kims. I don't know what Kims' proper name is, but Kims. That's in the Collinwood neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, we went to a and M's. Um, uh, what else? There was
2: a place on Kinsman. And I, think that I was- can't remember what it was. There's a place on Kinsman that I know that was really, really good.
3: Uh, is that my pleasure. Yes, 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 yeah. yeah, my pleasures Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't take him to my pleasures but I'm familiar with, with my pleasures as well. So,
1: <laughs> but he got the gist of what we was going for from there. So, yeah. You know. I was waiting for hot sauce Williams because that was my. Yeah, we, didn't then, we didn't go to hot sauce. We didn't go to hot sauce. Then wow. they closed the one on Carnegie, <laughs> and that's the other one's just not the same. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> all right. So, so if people are coming to the pit, mm-hmm. and again, you got to know. You're in Ohio, in Columbus. People are going to be a little skeptical, especially <laughs> especially you've got people that go around, right? You've got the other yeah. regions of the country that are famous for their barbecue, Texas right. and Carolinas, and Kansas City, even. Uh, mm-hmm. So what's 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 the thing to get? What are what are what are the best items to get at the pit?
3: I, 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 was, uh, I was I was I'm buying. So we don't have the, the largest of menus. We kind of keep it to what we feel like we can make that that's that's really quality, Smart right? Thinking. So Mark, Smart you. Yeah, so I, I think our, our top seller, people love our, our rib tips. Um, a lot of places in the Columbus area, they they, they smoke a lot of their meats. Um, and we still actually grill, so we we grill our rib tips, charcoal grill, and finish them off with a little bit of smoke. Uh, and people love them. That's our number one seller. Um, I'm big on our sauce. Um, I, I say we put sauce on everything, like like uh on the like, like like in Cleveland, we got one signature sauce that we put on all our all our meats. Um, and our fries and things of that nature. So I say, definitely come. You get you some red tips. You get you some sauce. You just can't go wrong. Get you a Polish boy, whatever else you like. Uh, uh, no. But let's make sure you get some sauce on it in and, and your, and your roll Sweet and
2: spicy. <laughs> My
4: man.
3: <laughs> 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 My <laughs> man. Also, Got a little bit of spice. It's not. It's, it's just a little touch of spice okay. at the end, and but it it
1: is good. It's made from scratch. You make it daily from scratch. And it's, it's Brian, awesome. I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting here. I'm sitting here. Listen, I will drive two hours to go get some barbecue. I, listen, I'm, I'm drinking go
2: beer there. right now, and I I am so tempted. <laughs>
1: uh, speaking yeah. of that, Chad, before we get into football. And before we get into the rest of, uh, of everything with our awesome special guest, Brian Browning, we're going to start with our Garage Beers of the Week, uh, which is our favorite segment we do. Uh, and Brian's going <laughs> to join us here for that mm-hmm. segment. Uh, he brought a, uh, a Garage Drink of the Week. So basically what we do, Brian, is, Brian, is we just uh, say what we're drinking, give it a little okay. review, and then we'll pass right. it up. All right. All right. Let's start with and me. You can lead us off. Yeah.
3: Okay. All right. So tonight I have... I got, I'm put it in the camera here because I won't butcher it now. So I got some, got some Rebel, yes. uh, Stillers Collection, Bourbon Whiskey. I got sold this to me. Told me like, hey, this is a rare bottle. This is something like you just can't pick up on the day to day. He was like, I don't even know why it's really on the shelf right now, but you should buy it. So I did. And it's <laughs> It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like my bourbon on the rock, so I see my ice is melted by now, but I do like a little a little water. I feel like that brings out the flavor of it a little bit, and it's pretty good. Um, I would say I guess I don't drink a ton of regular Rebel, but this uh, collection edition is pretty good. It's strong enough, but not overdoing it. Not too much bite. Still smooth. Like I said, I put a little, uh, my eyes on the rock so I get a little, that little water in there so I can really taste those flavors without...
1: About fighting for my life to get them out. So. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound like you were a t- tough. It didn't sound like yeah. you were a tough seller, rebel. Brian. Yeah. Hey, you should really no. try this no. one. Yes, I no. should. I should try yep. that. Rebel, one. Yep. rebel. Yep. You should buy it. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, if I knew we were doing bourbon, I would have switched things up tonight. But it's too.
3: Yeah, long. I'm sorry. I threw it last second call.
1: <laughs> but it, but it also sounds like you know bourbon and pit barbecue. Those things go well together so I'm going to have to mm-hmm. make a whole thing of that too.
4: Yep, uh, yep, yep. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, let's send it over to the east side of Cleveland. Chad, uh, well, uh, this is week 3 Mike of
2: clearing out the clearing oh, out I the beer fridge. Is. I see what this is that is. Clearing so out I the beer it. fridge so I can make room for new beer. Uh, this is Southern mm-hmm. Tears Warlock. Guys, it's uh, it's the uh, Imperial Pumpkin Stout. It's not as thick it's not as thick oh, so as a good. lot of stouts are. Uh, but it is so tasty. Just a hint of pumpkin uh, and, and spice and, and everything. Nice, man. It's just, it's just a good stuff, man. <laughs> I love it. It's 8.6% uh, it's yeah. uh, alcohol. So I have two here. Uh, so by the end of this, boys, I'm going to be feeling really nice. I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine a nice warlock cold in a nice glass with some rib tips. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're—that's a mm-hmm. meal right there. That yeah, sounds delicious. All right, get you some ribs and t- some mac and cheese. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> love it. All right, so you're that's stretching bring out it over for me. Stretching out for it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 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 you better start no. working on it. Uh, uh, that's going to bring it over to me, and I have got a beer from California again. I think this was from. Again, I told you guys before on show, the show the little like cross country road trip that my sister and my mom went on. Uh, And they stopped and grabbed me beers along the way. Anyways, this is Ennegrin Brewing Company. Uh, And uh, I don't know. My mom knows some guy that brews beer. And he was like, oh, if you're going to be out there, you've got to get stuff from Ennegrin Brewing Company. And I was like, well, then yes, please bring it back for me. Uh, I've never heard of it, but sure. And so I've got the uh, the Schoner Tag, which is a Hefeweizen, which I don't drink a lot of Hefeweizens uh, because... They're just not always my favorite, but this one's really good. It's not as like ah, – the Hefeweizens can be like real bubbly sometimes. They get to my stomach. Mm-hmm. This one's not like that. This is just a nice – it's a little darker than a normal Hefeweizen. It's it's good. It's a really, really good beer from – I saw the name of the city. Uh, More Park, California. Okay. Uh, it's really good. It's, it's a nice, light Hefeweizen, but it's a lot of flavor, uh, and it's it doesn't have that crazy, weird bubbliness to it. It's just – it's mm. good. It's a good beer to drink several of and talk football over. Yeah, right, right. Oh, and this right. would be good with maybe some mac and cheese. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. Mac and cheese, maybe some a pork, pork
3: sandwich, you know. Yes. On a Brio's toasted bun with butter. You know, just, just throwing right. it out there. You know, whatever, you know,
1: whatever. Flush All right, your guys, boat, I'm know? driving. I'm driving. <laughs> Fine, That's man, it. I'm is... driving. Yeah. <laughs> He's gone, I'm out. <laughs> this is going to the be the entire, we're going to be like, all right, Brian. So about the Browns, who would you say are the ribs? Uh, and, and we're going to just do it that way. Um, all right, Brian. So listen uh, again, those are our garage beers of the week. Everybody uh, uh, let us know, get on our socials at the garage beers. Let us know what you're drinking. If you have any special things you want us to go find, whether it's beers or bourbons or other drinks, we'll find it. We'll try it. We'll call you out on the podcast. Uh, but to you, the listener out there, cheers to you guys here on the podcast, cheers. Uh, and now it's time to talk a little bit about you, Brian. And, and, and listen, uh, we're going to talk a lot of football. We're going to have a lot of fun, but again, we like to get to know our guests Okay. Uh, and, and, and you have, if you're a big Buckeyes fan, you remember Brian Browning's story. If you're a Cleveland fan and you knew Glenville, uh, you, you, you may remember his story, but your story is so inspirational. And I read about it again, as I was getting ready for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and if you don't remember, Brian, uh, Brian, you lost your mom when you were young, mm-hmm. uh, and you wound up living with your grandmother. Uh, it sounded like a whole family thing, grandmother, great grandmother was involved. Your brother, yep. your mm-hmm. older brother, Robert, uh, I gotta tell you, man what you guys were able to accomplish as, as like a family. I mean, really, because your success and your brother's success, I'm sure you would say are a product of what your family uh, uh, did with you guys. Uh, but your successes through the face of the adversity that you faced, having to move in to a new place uh, and then still figure out a way to keep your head on and go to school and like stay out of trouble. And what you guys were able to do, uh, let's talk about your brother for a minute. Yeah, the guy graduated Glenville third in his class, mm-hmm. went to Georgetown and played football yeah. there, and graduated from Georgetown, which is <laughs> incredible. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and then you, you're like, well, I got to one up my brother. So instead of instead of coming in third in your class, you're just the valedictorian at 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 uh, not a at big deal.
2: Not a big,
1: the, deal, not a big deal, <laughs> right, not a big deal. Right? Yeah. Right. Listen, uh, the, the story is just crazy. You go to Ohio state, you're a captain, you're an academic all-American. You're, you're, you're like, you're just, the inspiration that I read when I see it is just, there's so many things that happen to everybody on a day-to-day life that could just put you in a rut. And it's, it's not losing a parent. It can just be something goes wrong and it puts you in a rut and then people just get out for like a week. Uh, (laughs) Man, what gave you the strength to do those things, and and just talk to us a little bit about you know coming up and 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 what gave you the motivation and the strength to be able to do everything you've done?
3: Yeah, uh, man, I, I think the best way to put it, and it's and it's very cliche, but I just find it now that I'm a adult married with a kid, it it really does take a village. Right. It, it, it takes a village. You <laughs> the, the people around you just have, you know, so many influence on yourself and as the kid on what you see and what you want to be when you when you grow up. So, uh, like you say, my mom passed when I was young. She passed when I was uh, 12 years old. It uh, was, was the summer before the seventh grade. I remember that. So summer for the seventh grade. And uh you know she did a great job in installing several things and my brothers at, you know back you know seventh grade so I'm not playing football at the time my, my middle school didn't have football I didn't play never play I played flag when I was like six so I'm playing football at the time but my mom always installed academics couldn't couldn't come home you know with with bad grades I have to always have to have really good grades. my brother he he took he that as well he always uh, you know had did really well in school. so that's what was installed as early you know school school do well in school, you know, do well. My mom, is funny, my mom, uh, she actually graduated high school. She transferred school while she was in school, but she actually had straight A's all the way through high school. <laughs> like, she got a plaque that wow. shows that she had straight A's all the way through high school. Classic yeah. over Yeah, right. And, you know, due to life, you know, um, things was not the prettiest of things for her. You know, she kind of got herself in some really bad and difficult situations and uh, but, you know, it came to her kids. She always loved us. And that's what she just taught, you know, school first. Uh, so uh, that was kind of it. So when once my mom passed, my grandmother, like you said, grandmother started living with her. She kind of just jumped on that same track. You know, you guys know school. You've been good at school for all these years. let I ask make you to continue to be good at school. And so that's what we did. We, you know, we kind of always, you know, focused in, on of rows, you know, really well. I, I, I never missed school. I literally so. Like I said, my mom passed in the summers of sixth grade going to the seventh. From the seventh grade through graduation to high school, I didn't miss a day of school. I was there every day. It was, it was school. I was there if I got a cold or something like that. I took it off, and I always made it to school. Um, and that's just kind of, you know, how we was raised, more or less, from there. And going to Glenville with uh, head coach Ted Gansan, you know, once once I got there, I think he did a great job at, uh, you know, giving a, a young kid, from, you know, sometimes not in the best of situation, not in the best of neighborhoods, giving us a dream, um, just kind of showing us that there's, there's more to the neighborhood. Uh, he's really big on just like we just need to go places like you need to go to Ohio State and see that, you know, kids go to school here and play football and they do this and kids go to, you um, but Wisconsin, they go out east. My brother, you know, to Georgetown. Like we, we you, 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 you could go to these places. You can belong here. You can fit in, and just kind of, you know, <laughs> pin that in a young kid's mind that you know that you know there's more to the neighborhood. You know, the neighborhood is like you know you grew up here. You know, if you could help, you definitely should help and things of that nature. But as we all know, when it comes to someone in the inner city in, in Cleveland or in any big city, you know, there's a lot of crime. There's a lot of you know drugs and you know people not doing the right things uh, sometimes in that nature. So, um, it's mentioned, like I say, it's just a village, you know, my mom still this grandmother came in. They, they kept things going, kept the things afloat. I was fortunate enough to go to Glendale high school. Um, I had the size six, four, <laughs> he was kid. And, you know, Coach Gann was like, Hey, you can do this stuff. Hey, hey, you can go to Ohio. You can go to, you know, the big 10 to play football at a high level. You can do these things. That's kind of really, uh, like I said, just opening your mind to it, opening your eyes to it, taking you to it so you can see it. So it's not just a story. You can see it. that You know, you can actually do these things and then just kind of falling into it. You know, this, you know, being coachable all around, coachable in life, coachable in the field, learning, growing, getting the work in, and, uh, you know, no
1: regrets and just kind of, kind of taking heed of things from there. So I, I love I love that you brought up Ted Ginn because I was going to ask you about him too. Just because he's he's such a legend, right? He's such a legend in the Cleveland area. Uh it had to be kind of cool to have him as your coach at that time, right? Because you followed up Ted Ginn Jr. I mean you weren't right. you, you weren't very far behind him. Yeah, and so uh-huh. you know the name is the name became even bigger when Ted went to Ohio State and then obviously uh on to on to bigger you know bigger things in the NFL as well. Uh, mm-hmm. but that had to be kind of cool to have a guy like Ted Ginn senior <laughs> who you knew Like, you had to know as a kid even there that that guy's kind of got the ear. Like, if he calls somebody Mm -hmm. at Ohio State where his kid was just like (laughs) carrying teams to national championship games and stuff, uh, if he makes a call there, they're going to listen.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, right. That's just a testament to who he is. I mean, I first met Coach Oh, I think I was in the fifth grade. I was in the fifth grade. My brother was in middle school. He was a – he was, a, he was a big guy, so he was throwing shot put in, like, running track or something like that. And back then, um, you know, he's just see guy. You see a kid with good side and things of the nature, like, hey, where you live at? And I'm like, oh, we live right over here. Live, we live. I stay right across the street from Glenville High School. Uh, so, like, okay, so, you know, I expect to see you in a couple years, more or less. <laughs> <laughs> and then I the came with my brother. Like, hey, okay, you know, you're a big guy. You're here. You're, you know, you're doing your athletics. I expect to see you at Glenville High School in a couple years. And uh, you know that was the first time I met him. He met that was my, like I said, fifth place. my mom was living still at the time. So he spoke to my mother, spoke to the, us, and hey, like hey, I'm working this program here at Glenville. You know, your kids would be uh, you know uh, great suits for it. And, um, and then you know we got there eventually. Eventually we got to Glenville, and uh, we kind of you know worked from there. But uh, like Coach Gaines, just a great person. I mean, no one. No, I, I just can't think of no one to, to put in the work for, um, little, little kids as like, like Coach Ginn has, um, this year after year after year, still there, still doing it at a high level, yeah. still getting kids an opportunity at the next level, uh, has his own school now. So now he's still, he's assisting some kids. Um, actually worked at his school the off season when I was playing football at, um, uh, you know, a lot of guys there are pretty sharp, and they're you know go on and send several guys to West Point, and you know, really uh, intelligent wow. young men and things of that nature. But some of the kids at the school, to be honest and be frank, they probably wouldn't make it through high school if they wasn't at Coast Guard. It's like some of the attitudes and the, the way that the kids kind of carry themselves, and uh, some of the, the, the silly things that they get into. Most schools wouldn't deal with it. You know, there have been suspended this you know week on end to the point they was expelled and know whether they ever have a chance to, you know, finish that high school and make it and get that degree. Um, but he gives those kids a chance uh, from coming to his schools that, you know, he have a system in place that people are hands on it with those kids and they're in their day to day and assisting them to get their education, to get their degree. And once again with coach Gaines, just he's all about getting a chance, you know? like you're not gonna leave his program saying you didn't know. <laughs> You're not going to hear it. Leave his program right. saying so you he didn't hear it. You know, maybe it didn't click for you. 12 Maybe it clicked for you when you're 25 years old. And, you know the things that without getting started you at that age, um, you know, comes to fruition and you're able to you know go on and be a um, a productive citizen. <laughs> you know, type of deal. So um, that's a testament to who he is. I mean, no one, no one could do it like him. No one in my mind has done it like him. That's what. Period of time, just being in the neighborhood, and just this year after year after year, just giving kids a now, chance. Now you
2: talked a lot about Ted Ginn, the man, which is an amazing, amazing, amazing man. Yes. Talk about Ted Ginn, the coach. Was he in your face? Did he know how to push your buttons, or was he just <laughs> was he even keel? What type of what? What was it like to play for Ted Ginn, the coach?
3: Coach Ginn, the coach. Um, to be frank, he he's a he's a firecracker, yeah. man. He he loves football. I mean, he he really <laughs> truly loves football. Like a, a man that has done just so much and accomplished so much, his passion for football is like it's just unmatched. I remember, uh, you know, last year due to COVID, Cleveland Public mm-hmm. didn't play, right? And I right. talked to him before the season, and you could just hear it in his voice how sick he was. <laughs> just, Just like, I just can't believe there's no football (laughs) this year. I just can't, you know, just can't. I can't believe they did this. Like, they made a decision to go ahead and shut down the season due to COVID. And obviously, you know, he was understanding. But, you know, he really, that's his sport. Like, he's been doing, he's been coaching in high school at uh, Glenville. I I, I can't say exactly today, but at least early 90s, uh, mid-80s, maybe. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, And he just really loves the game. Uh, he loves to be physical, um, you know, obviously he can't do everything, so he does hire different coordinators to come in and they may install a <laughs> different offense or something of that nature. But, you know, when we was in school, was like, he, he had to say, like, just cut all that running around stuff. You know, we were living with an awful all the talented guys we had at receiver and running back and things like that throughout the years. like, hey, no, forget all that. Let's just put a hat on the hat, move some guys around, and, and get behind it. So he's – He's a firecracker. He get in your face. Um, you know, he has that relationship with his kids, but he can't get them in their face. I feel like a lot of times with coaches, when you see it go wrong, right? right? You see a guy like flipping right. on a kid, and you like, man, I can't believe he's, he's doing. And sometimes the coach don't have that relationship with the party to do that. Right? You know what I mean? So they don't. Right. They never showed, They never spoke with. They never picked that love in them before that you could demand that out of them. So it kind of comes off a little wrong or something of that nature. But with Coach Gay, you knew he was just trying to get the best out of you. He knew you, you know him, we got a great relationship. I'm doing this to get the best out of you because I know you could give me more, you know, right here. And you know, he knew how to get it out of you. But he can get you out of in the game or he'll get you at practice next week. But he was gonna get that best out of you, that's for sure. <laughs> well,
1: I'm glad we I like I'm glad we got on to Coach Ginn for a minute because I've always thought that. I've always thought it's he he should get such credit and he does. It, it's it's what he had dedicated his life to do mm-hmm. and let like, you brought it up like an in inner city high school in Cleveland. A lot of those schools feel like they get forgotten, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, it does. Right. And and a lot of schools, right. a lot of those schools do get forgotten mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of yeah. ways. And he just dedicated him. He, like that guy probably could have gone and coached in 52 oh, yeah. different places. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he, he could have found his way to, you know the big schools in Cleveland, obviously St. Ed, St. Ignatius. I'm sure he could have found his way to somewhere in that area. I'm sure he could oh, have yeah. found his way to a college program. Yeah, like that yep. man could have found his way up. And he said, "Listen, i I'm, the impact that he made at Glenville, and the fact that you just, you know, it's 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 always every time uh, my alma mater. I grew up in Rocky River. Terrible okay. at football. <laughs> they're, they're, they're decent. This year. They're decent. yeah. Yeah, they're yeah, decent." Well, decent. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. decent uh they actually they played uh they played glenville this year they were supposed to i think rocky river was supposed to play New, uh, westlake uh-huh. and westlake did like the whole covid thing and they couldn't play uh-huh. so rocky river filled in with freaking glenville and i was like
2: they did. They, they, like they West, did the whole
1: COVID thing. Like you
2: know, ah, you know, they just got COVID. It's like a trend now. It's like a trend. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's yeah, It's just, like speaking, speaking like a true
3: book, guys, talking about yeah, Michigan, that's, right?
1: That's, that's right. I was like, I was like, how do you go from a they going to beat West like by they were going to beat the brakes off them by forty, and I'm like, you filled it in with Glenville, and they lost, uh, and yeah. so that's how that goes. But just what Ted Ginn has had dedicated his life to do. And then, and then the fact that he succeeded tremendously at it, uh, yeah. you know, it's always cool to talk to to guys that came out of that program. Chad and I are, Chad and I are both really involved in high school football. We broadcast high school football. We watch what happens with these programs and to see what he dedicated himself and to what he means to that community. I think is is it's, it's, it's unlike anything. It's unlike anything. Yeah. There's not a lot of things <laughs> like it. Yeah, um, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's special. That's for sure. <laughs> so let's talk about your move then. And you mm-hmm. you you're, you kick ass at Glenville. You make your move to Ohio State.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And what a freaking time to make your move <laughs> to Ohio State, right? Your right. your freshman year. Now, you were there five years, right? Yeah, five years. Yep. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. So your first year was the Florida championship game, right? That's right. Correct.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, so then your first year on the team, like you redshirted your first year, but then your first year. Uh, uh, seeing the team, seeing the sideline being on the team uh, outside of the red shirt was the LSU championship. Correct. You were correct. there for four years and you are a four time big 10 champion. Mm-hmm. Like uh, four big 10 titles, a national championship. You played in a sugar bowl. You played in a Rose bowl. You played in a Fiesta bowl. Uh, you didn't win a title, but like, What an insane run that is. Like, do you ever look back at your time at Ohio State and think like, nobody ever experiences college football. It's like like Mount Union, but that's like at a smaller level. Nobody ever in D1 experiences a run like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it was pretty
3: special. Uh, You know, when when we share, I mean, Trestle does a great job. We're essentially there. When you red the only thing you don't do is go to the away game. So home games, you're there, you're fully dressed up. We go to the bowl games. We got to experience the whole thing. It's basically... You dress too, so essentially it's like you know you're just not playing. your red shirt redshirted, so I say you know five years, Big Ten champions, beat Michigan five years, five yeah, BCF yeah. uh, games, two national championship. We lost them, but you know we, we was there. Um, so but so yeah, it was just it was just a heck of a run. Um, whenever people ask about my you know college years, um, just like hey, we was I played on a lot of really good teams, we played on a lot of good teams. Um, you know with Tressel, um you know, Trestle has a, what's the saying? Trestle ball, right? You know, right. Tressel ball, yeah. he, you wonder know, when the flash is a guy when it comes to his offense, um, you know, his defense was going to be really strong. His offense was going to have, you know, some key guys and key spots that, you know, just kind of be able to, to kind of take advantage of things when they kind of hit and, you know, was going to run the ball and, you know, we was going to going to win games that way. And um, So, yeah, you know, it was a really good time to be at Ohio State. Uh I've played with a lot of really good guys. Um, you know, we got my true freshman year, i when and uh, Troy Smith, won the Heisman. So, got to see what that one looked uh, like in uh, uh-huh. the season to the uh, to the national championship game. Uh, you know, love and still talk to a lot
1: of those guys. Um, oh, that my God, that, that Michigan game that year. <laughs> oh, that man. Year Troy won the Heisman. <laughs> oh, yeah. That Michigan game. Right? Wasn't it's that like a 42... 42- right. And people always ask about,
3: like, you know, what was your biggest game at Ohio State? Like, that you, you oh. know, that you, you know, we, I still say, what's well, that Michigan game? You know, I guess, oh. you know, when I was playing, like, once I actually was on the field, you know, you kind of, you know, you're focused on the game, right? You're focused on, you know, making your blocks, you know, winning the game, things of that nature. So, the atmosphere of it kind of just, you're not really focused on it, right? You're really focused on, you know, on, on playing. And so, as being a true freshman, you know, playing, you know, red shirt, and so playing this lit- listing on my I just kind of get to go and just enjoy You got one, number one, number two, you know, whoever wins this is going to be the favorite. You're going to national championship, you're going to be the favorite to win it. And, man, it was just e- electric. I mean, it was just electric. And then afterwards, the, in the fashion we won it, the uh, f- fans rushing the stands. I remember when the fans rushed the stands, I couldn't get to the locker room. <laughs> Someone had to grab me pulled me to the locker room because people was like, which way is it, man? So which way is it, man? And, I dug, <laughs> and like, I dug my head down and, like, I can't get to the locker room. I remember someone had to, like, grab me and pull me through. I think I, I was, the, like I said, I'm a true freshman, so I was the second to last person to make it to the locker room. I made it in as then Vernon Ghost made it in behind me. I don't know <laughs> when he had to go to
4: <laughs>
3: to get there. But it was just like It was just a, a very, it was a, it was a very electrifying moment. Definitely, definitely, in the sense of the rivalry in the game. So now I know
2: you can't definitively answer oh, this question, oh.
3: but you talked about, but you talked
2: about oh, Jim no. Tressel. Maybe, you talked though. about, but you talked about <laughs> Coach Tressel and like the way his style of coaching and his, his system, the way he played with, and you know, it was more of you know an I formation, a fullback, you know, a, a, you know. You were you were going to run the football, play good defense, and win that game. Do you think, like in today's day and age, where everything is just so spread out and, and, and it's all about speed and athletes now, like like would would he have was he stuck on that system, or do you think coach would have been able to adapt in today's day and age?
3: You know, it's funny you bring that up because a lot of times when I speak with a uh, former teammates, they kind of bring that up because yeah. you know at the time. You, you know, the spread was just kind of starting to come on, right? You had uh, Oregon doing a really good job with spreading things out and, and being successful with it. And obviously Albert Meyer uh, in Florida, he was doing some things with more space. And, uh, you know, it, it started to kind of come on. Um, in my opinion, I think I, I would say, yeah, I think Tressel would have tried to adapt that way just before Because being being frank, it helps with recruiting, right? You know, if you're, you know, recruiting some five-star quarterback or wide receiver things of that nature, and they don't feel like um, they're going to go to an offense that's kind of conducive to them getting their touches and stats and things of that nature so they could go on to the next level, um, um, I think, you know, he would have had to try to kind of, you know, mix a little bit of that stuff in. Um, when I played, my quarterback for most of the time was Terrell Pryor. So you kind of seen, you know, a little bit more shotgun stuff with Terrell Pryor uh, just due to his talent. And, you know, the fact that, you know, we know if we can get Terrell running straight. You know He's going to be better than <laughs> most of the guys that's out there. So let um, alone with throwing the ball and, and spreading the ball around to, to the weapons around us, So I, I think he would have tried to kind of throw some of that stuff in. Uh, but for, when playing with Trestle, I mean, he was a big teacher of the game, right? So he, like, every week we used to kind of go over what was needed, in his opinion, to win the game. Like, right? So if we want to win this game, these are the things, these are the stats that I feel like we need to win that if we're going to win the game. So he was big on um, rushing the ball. And I, when I watch stats, so a lot of times I miss a game, I go and I just check the box score and try to look at the stats and see, like, how the team performed. He was big on winning the rushing battle. So this is my controlling line of scrimmage. Who, who, who's going to win the rushing battle, Had the most yards there. Uh, tenable margin, who protected the ball, who got the takeaways. Um, and then he was big on doing something special on special teams. So if you could block a kick, run a kick back, or at least keep it even. And so, literally, when we go through the season, he'll pull up the okay? So, so, we're playing Iowa for the week, okay? Iowa played, Iowa State. They won the game. This is what they did rushing. If is what they did. a margin. This is what happened in special teams. We're playing Michigan State. Just what Michigan State did against Indiana. And look who won the game. That's literally what he would do. That was kind of part of his uh, routine and getting the team ready for a game. And I think he would have, you know, stayed true to those things to make sure that we was, you know, he felt like we were in a good position to win those things. Um, He used to call our offense a mistake-free opportunistic offense. So, hey, don't go out here and lose the game. (laughs) we are got to have a really good defense. We're not going to be – gaveling and taking a bunch of chances. We're going to take, you know, what comes to us and, you know, successful, you know, you win national championships on uh, you know small level, to big level. And uh, like you say, we won a lot of games in college, kind of, you know, speaking to this formula. So I mind, uh, it works. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> okay.
4: I'd say so,
1: man. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. But in fairness, is there anybody on the planet that would enjoy trestle ball more than an offensive lineman. No, no. <laughs> that would like, be a dream no, you situation. Gotta, I mean,
3: yeah, some of our bread and butter, I mean, I mean every offense got bread and butter plays, right? This is what we we'll installed day when it camp. Like, So ours was our power, right? It was the 46, 47 power. You got double teams up front. You got a guy pulling. we are trying to get a kick out on the back. You got a guy pulling up the lane. Running back is making a read off of that. And so we used to, hey, we're running this play no matter what. We don't care what the defense line up, how many people in the box. Uh, we, we're going to run this play, and this is why it's going to be successful when we run this play no matter what. And hey, that's that's how, that's how we did so. You know, as an the lineman, you let it run the ball. You want to run the ball. That past stuff, you kind of getting. You know, you kind of stepping back. and getting hit, but when you running the ball, you coming at people. So that's what you, you, you,
2: you just you <laughs> just reminded me, man. You just gave me flashbacks to my old high school coach. coaches. This big old Italian guy, and he just and he just goes. He he, he told every day in practice, he was gonna say. He said, "We're gonna run a forty-two iso right up their ass. We're gonna tell them we're coming, and, and, and we're and, and we're gonna tell them what we're, we're, we're running, and we're still gonna run it right up their ass." <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a mindset. It's it a mindset. Really right? It it's a mindset. Really yeah. It's a mindset. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So your la- <laughs> your last year at Ohio State, it's obviously the infamous gold pants tattoos w- weird situation that goes down. You guys, you guys have an incredible year. Uh, mm-hmm. You take out you take out Arkansas. Is that is that right? So, yeah, Malo? Arkansas and
3: Chicago. Uh huh. Hmm.
1: Uh, so you take out Arkansas it's a great year uh year I think the only loss was a Wisconsin game earlier in the year uh, and then you they go back and they do like vacated wins so I, I I've always wondered like when you look back and it's like oh those were vacated wins do, do you did you look back and care about vacated wins or are you like listen man I mean.
3: No, I mean me. Like you know, obviously so that's my my captain year, right? All the all the all the all the all the riffraff happened, but well, we got to I mean, talk about that. About it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, you don't think about it, yeah, yeah. You don't think you care about you know you you know you went out there, you won those games, right? <laughs> but after we went out there, we played. They tried their best. We played our best. We won those games. So um, obviously um, you don't like to see it. So you know, maybe when I you know take my kid, you like to see you know the 2010 Sugar Bowl up or something of that nature. Um, but you know, it just is, is what it is. I mean, when it happened, we we we. I guess you know you you know at that time it's like usually. Right now, I don't know. You know, you know, usually when the NCAA was coming in, right? Usually, like, try to give them something, like you know, to kind of get them off of you more or less. Like, okay, we're gonna give you this. You know, we're gonna yeah. we are just gonna go ahead and do this. As you know, maybe we could just kind of keep it there. So understand it. Understandable. I mean, it is, you know, it is what it is. But like I say, when we think about it, we don't think about, oh man, that 2010 season and kind of like, no, we talk about, like, no, we we played the games, we won the games and
2: that's Yeah, I mean, it's not
4: like
2: you were, I I was going to say, it's not like like you're playing with like ineligible players or something like that. It was, it was just stupid, stupid stuff.
1: But yeah. I guess I guess you would maybe care more about it if, you, like, you left after that year, that you were gone, out. Right. <laughs> you played those games, you won those games. Out. I would imagine you'd be a little more salty about it if you were on that next team, Urban's first yeah. year, where they go undefeated. They clearly look like the best team in the country, <laughs> and boom, you have a playoff ban, and you're not allowed. You're not allowed to play for anything, even though you've just run through your season undefeated, yeah. like it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. I imagine maybe those players are a little more like yeah. That had to be tough. I feel like you know how they did you know everything they could to celebrate them.
3: You know, name street names after him and and everything of that nature. And it was just tough. I I know Urban talks about it. Like you know that season. You know this the you know his guys and you know what he was able to do and you know win all those games in that order. You know was just a love to see that you know have a chance to play for it and you know and earn it that in that manner. But um, it's just, you know, it's the NCAA. Like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I obviously is easy to point the finger at them. Uh, sometimes you just feel like the penalty does not really match. No. The criteria, you know, no. The, no. <laughs> type of deal. Uh, but, you know, it's the NCAA. So it's like, I you mean, know, I always talk about it, it's like they are a monopoly. Like, what can you do? Like, it's the NCAA, once they say something, it's not like <laughs> you could take it. You know, take it somewhere and fight it with actual facts and things of that nature. It's like, you know, they come out and say the
1: sky's green, the sky's green. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just play some football <laughs> under this green sky. Right. So. so but now like now it's interesting because all that went down. And like now they've made changes that are I think completely better. Uh and now you've got you know, uh, you can say, you know, people are for it or against it or whatever, but now you've got these like NILs and you've got like, Mm -hmm. you know, guys are able to go out there and like earn a living based or not earn a living, but just earn based on who they are and and who's willing to pay them and all that stuff. And so, you know, as somebody that went through a, uh, a team where, you guys got crushed with, your, your your team got hammered with penalties, basically said you guys didn't exist that year. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you look at it now, what are your thoughts on kind of those changes that they made?
3: Um, it's like, <laughs> it's funny. Like, so me and the guys that I played around my time, obviously we all, oh, everyone loves the NIL deals, right? It's like, yeah. We love it. It makes a ton of sense. Um, if everybody's making money, um, why can't the players make some as well? It's not like they have. Um, family and responsibilities and things of that nature um and you know obviously it's going to be some good and bad right now I don't think too much bad have happened with it right I think it's guys are being really you know time professional with it and obviously it may get to a point where something bad might happen you know cuz it's you know stuff always happens right but um we all love it you know and I just feel like you know, back in the day, so you know, back. let just say, let's say, back in the day, college football. You know, guys used to get a lot of things, and you know, you, you know, uh-huh. really, really talk about. You know, just guys, you know, able you know, to come up with, uh, acquire things, and get things of that nature. And then um, in our era, so we kind of call it uh, Rich Claret, You know, he's a great guy. You know, I, I'm sure you guys are, you know, keep up with all the great work he does. Kyle, but you kind of call it the actor Claret area era. Everything was like lockdown like no everything was being <laughs> scrutinized yes. no right. one does anything because if so you know you're going to really jeopardize your college your career um so um you know it just is what it is you know that, that was our time um you know you have to um you know abide by the rules so if not you know definitely hinder your time on the field if it didn't get you kicked out of school so you just have to just kind of you know really monitor what you was doing make sure you was doing the right things follow the rules Russell did a great job at, you know, uh, pitting the rules in front of us, you know, having different people come in, compliance come in and talk over that, that stuff. Um, but like I say, right now, I think it's a great that the college athletes have a chance to, you know, make some make the money with the NIL. Obviously, a lot of guys are not going to make life-changing money, but a lot of guys also not going pro. So it kind of just gives yourself a chance to, um, you know, maybe set a little something aside um, and kind of come up with a, you know, a little bit of a better plan. For yourself, coming out of college, maybe you could start that business. Maybe start a business, or maybe you you know you have some money to kind of pit down once you get your first job towards the down payment for your home, and you just kind of go on with life from there. So I think it's a definitely a great opportunity for them. So,
2: so I got two questions. I got a two parter here for you. I got you. Uh, uh, number number one. All right, well, brace yourself, Brian. Here we go. Because uh, I I got a I got a I got a good question, and then I got like a fun dumb question to wrap up your time. At Ohio State. But uh, the, 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 the first question is, OK, so you talked about, you know, not everybody is going to be making, you know, life changing money, you know, but there are going to be some guys say like the higher up prospects, you know, five star guys, four star guys getting like, you know, maybe million dollar endorsement deals. Do you think uh, that could have an effect on the locker room? And how do you kind of regulate that? Uh, you know, if you're if you're a coaching staff uh and then uh my second part of my question is uh the fun dumb part of the question to wrap up your time (laughs) at Ohio State is Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) I've always wanted to ask somebody this but you know whenever you go to a bowl game you guys always get these like gift bags like what's the coolest freaking gift like what's the coolest freaking gift bag that you've ever gotten
3: okay all right so um i'm gonna ask the second part first because it right when you say it it come right to my head man uh we played oh man what game was that it had to be i'm gonna gonna butcher the game but i think it was after when we played texas and um, fiesta bowl I think that was, I, I'm going to butcher the game. It was either that one or the um, or the next year against Oregon. But we got, uh, it had to be Texas. It was Texas. We got oh. Nintendo Wii's. Nintendo Wii's. <laughs> man, I love my Nintendo Wii, man. Let's <laughs> go. Uh, Mario Kart was back on the Wii. Uh, Tiger Woods Golf, you had to like actually swing. <laughs> Man, yes I, I loved it so like that yes. that gift like that one sticks out like i love my nintendo Wii. um i had a great time with it I, I, i'm not sure i probably lost it once i like left college or something like that <laughs> <laughs> but when oh, i had the bowling. That the bowling yeah right you had the bowling um i remember Missing. it was a really fun game with the um, was like Mario uh, Sonic Olympics, and you like to run a hundred meter dash. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, so that 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 the Nintendo Wii, that that was it. That was that was oh, the man. best. Part okay, right there. all right. Yeah. <laughs> Is it when it comes to the, uh, the NIL deals in the locker room? I feel like um, the coaches will handle it. I mean, when, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, everyone comes to college. Um, you know, with a with a goal. First off, you know, people want to play. Like you know, you don't want to come to college and uh, not not uh, you know not get on the field. So, uh, no matter how that looks, you know, whether you have uh, five dollars in the bank account or a hundred thousand, because you was uh, you know a, a big big time recruit coming to a school. So you know, people just you know want to sign you a deal right away. Um, I think, you know, the coaches are going to, it's not going to change the coaches, right? The coaches is going to coach the way they coach and they're going to, you know, try to get the best out there players. So I think with that mindset that, you know, guys are going to get, get on the field, guys are going to go on to the next level, Um, that you're going to still get the best that you can out of players. And I think that's going to, you know, kind of take care of itself right then and there uh, because no matter, you know, what you have in the bank account, if you're not performing on the field, not going to play, and that's at you know any school across the nation. So that's not um, you know to to me it's not too hard to think about, and I think that's going to really you know kind of you know straighten things out. If you're you coming here with the attitude, you think that you're you know bigger, better than the team because of money, <laughs> of some sorts. Uh, you know if you got that weird mindset for whatever reason, you're not going to play. So you yeah. know yeah. this is it. I think I nipped that in the bud right there. So
2: i'm glad you said also, that I man. i think it's i think it's oh go ahead Jed. no i was gonna say i'm glad you said that man, because that's kind of my my uh, my thinking on that as well because it's you know that business or whoever is like sponsoring giving you that uh sponsorship deal their image is on the line as well so if you slack off and practice or you not perform it like that 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 business isn't going to want to keep you around <laughs> to, 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 right. to 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 is sponsor that? their name
1: exactly that's also- yeah I think it's also very interesting. Like, I think it's interesting to see how it's going to go now versus maybe 15 years from now, because yeah. now all these kids know that they're part of like this first group that can like go in and make money. Like I went to grad school at Texas A&M when I was at Texas or uh, after I was, he wasn't there when I was there, but after I was at Texas A&M eventually came the Johnny Manziel years. You could buy a number two Jersey, <laughs> like a, an a and number two Jersey. And you know, like he's not making that money and there's just something. So so these kids all know that, that like, that's what has always been is this like lockdown. You can't even like get a job. Basically. You have to just not do anything. You can't make any money for yourself. And so I feel like the kids now just like kind of uh, will appreciate it. Like this is new. So even Mm -hmm. if I'm not making money, like I would like to, I'd rather have my teammates be able to make this money, right? Like, it's right. better that somebody can make it than nobody. Right, you're right. It'll be interesting what happens in, like, 15 years when they don't know that, when they don't remember that they <laughs> make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if that changes it.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. Great point. But, I mean, obviously, you know, you we're going to have to see. But, like I say, like you said, you know, um, most of the people that, that's dishing out cash, you know, they're going to, expect to see some type of return with the guy actually performing on the field. So if they're not getting that, then essentially that's going to, I think, I think it is, you know, fix the checks and balances. I'm just glad we can be,
1: I'm just glad we can be done with the, the whole, like, like Eric Dickerson showing up with a gold car and then acting like we don't know where he got it. You know what I mean? Like, where'd that come from? I don't know. Uh, All right. Them them, uh, weekend jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, he's putting up a lot of siding. He's putting up a ton of siding. Uh, uh, Brian. uh, So let's talk about the Buckeyes this year. So you're, you're actually talking a little Buckeyes, right? Did I see that Right. You're doing yeah, a little, yeah, a little yeah, TV. Yeah, doing,
3: yeah, post-game show for uh, Spectrum Cable. We are doing
1: a few games this year. Mm-hmm. Nice. So if you ever get Spectrum Cable, check out the post-game show because right. you can see how awesome Brian Browning is on our show. So you obviously <laughs> want to watch him talk about the Buckeyes on the post-game show. So check mm-hmm. that out. So let's talk about the Buckeyes. Yeah. Shaky start to the season. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what are you watching, Chad? Uh, Apple uh, guys, breaking news. I'll have updates as the show goes
2: on, but uh, there's a potential upset alert right now. Appalachian State is up twenty one twenty over Coastal Carolina in the third quarter. So uh, we'll just keep it. We'll just we'll just keep you abreast of the situation.
1: Oh, thank <laughs> God you're filling us in on that game. You're welcome. Coastal Carolina is ranked
2: fourteenth, Mike. Coastal Carolina is ranked fourteenth.
1: Appalachian yeah, State man. versus the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Appalachian State versus Michigan,
3: right?
1: <laughs> hey, oh, yeah, Yeah. yeah.
3: Hey,
1: hey, hey, we all remember where we were at when that happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know right where we were at when that <laughs> happened. That was the greatest. Uh, so listen, shaky start to the season for the Buckeyes, right? You have that mm-hmm. close game at Minnesota, man. That that uh, I'm still, I'm still like heartbroken about that kid from Minnesota that that was injured in that game. That running back man, We're running back, yeah, yeah. insane. Uh, uh, you win that close game, they pull away eventually. Obviously, the loss to Oregon. Uh, so after you watched the first couple weeks of the Buckeyes, uh, CJ Stroud looked less than comfortable, but he's also so young and so inexperienced that that had to be a little bit expected.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: What maybe wasn't so expected was the fact that the defense looked awful. Like <laughs> one of it looked, it looked like one of the worst defenses mm-hmm. and you just not used to seeing that at Ohio state. So what were, what were your thoughts after, after you watched those first couple weeks, what were you thinking? with? The
3: yeah. Um, so, I mean, exact same thing that everyone was saying. i be honest. I had a lot of faith in CJ Um, I just felt as a young guy, Um, you know, he's not, uh, you know, he's not a runner, right? So he's a, you know, he's a real pocket, pocket quarterback. And a lot of times early on, you know, maybe you make the throw, maybe you miss it. But to me, when watching a guy, like I said, I'm not a quarterback by any means. I just, you know, like to watch the game of football. I like to see the, you know, the quarterback be timely, right? If the ball was supposed to go to this receiver, uh, you know, on, on the five step back that you see the ball going that direction. So maybe it was inaccurate, maybe he missed the throw, maybe he catch it complete, maybe it's an interception. But you can see that CJ Shaw always was very in tune with the offense and, and making decisions and kind of, you know, being that, that 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 leader of the huddle and, you know, kind of, you know, you know seemed like he a smart player. He knows what's going on, even though um, – uh, you know, like you say, kind of have a shaking You know, people calling for his job, <laughs> which I thought was crazy. Like, okay, you are crazy? It's crazy. Like I said, I, I had a lot of confidence in him right away once I seen him play. Uh, but the defense, um, I feel like, you know, the Oregon game, um, like you say, the the guy from Minnesota was, you know, kind of, you know, having a really good game right before he got <laughs> injured. Um, you come back, we play Oregon, then we and, and we lose. Um, and I feel like – I'm not going to call it a, I will, you know, college basically every game is like a playoff, so you want to win them all. Uh, but I feel like that loss kind of opened some eyes, right? Like, you know, a lot of times – it was like last year, obviously, you know, we play Alabama in the national championship, and we just get – Not even close. It's, like, it's, it's, it's looking yeah. like yeah. – you know, it looked like essentially Alabama was practicing. their offense was running practice against our defense. And this, the way they were just kind of, uh, you know, running up and down the field. Um, and so you come back this year and then you lose a game early. So I feel like it kind of opened everybody eyes. Like, listen, we may have some talent on offense. You know, we always talk about all our our, our quarterbacks coming in, these, our big recruits, our big wide receivers that's coming in on the – you know, the, the talented wide receiver group that we have, yeah. uh, but this defense is not up to par. It's, just, it, it's not up to par, and in my mind, it hasn't been up to par for the last uh, couple of years, just when I watch them and I sound, like you say, our, our defense usually are. Um, and so that loss kind of like, well, you know, I feel like in a win, you know, you're like, oh, we'll get better type of deal, but in a loss, you're like, no, we need to make some changes. <laughs> so <laughs> so we made it, you know, we lost the game um, and then they made changes, right? They started to have, uh, they had, um, Someone else, uh, Coach Holmes, uh coming off the sideline, bringing them into the bench, coming I mean, into the uh, booth. Different parties calling the defense now, uh, getting different eyes on it. From understanding, taking more of a group effort and calling the defense now compared to this you know one party. And you know, you're seeing improvements, right? You, in um, my mind, I feel like any deep, good defense has to be able to stop the run, right? Got to be able to stop the run. It looked like Oregon ran like the same play four or five times for touchdowns every time they got in the red zone. It was <laughs> <Yeah. a game. laughs> um, and they just, it looked like as if they just had no idea how to stop it, essentially. Um, but, you know, right now you're seeing improvements. And that, that it feels like this uh, was a Tulsa they played after Oregon. Um, defense still gave us some, some stuff, but against the run, they was stout. I mean, they just destroyed. They, they, it was really stout against the run. Um, then the next week, the back end, BB started kind of getting a little bit more rhythm. They started getting some interceptions, scoring some touchdowns, things of that nature. So um, I feel like we're definitely a better team. Obviously, we was a young team which, um the start of the year, but now these guys are getting more and more playing time, but you're getting more and more plays across the board, especially what we want to see from our defense if we want to uh, have a chance of making the playoffs. Win another national championship because you we all know at Ohio State is national championship or bust, right? Like, right. right, did you win it or not? You know, and, that, and that's what we care about. We're very, uh, I say, we're a, a spoiled fan group. Um, it's not like, oh, you, you won 10, 11 games, good season. No, like, no, we want to win a national championship. Here. So <laughs> I think that loss kind of did spark those changes that we need to see. And you know, now that we're a much better team than we were, uh, you know, week two, week three, week one of the season. So but it
2: was almost oh like like these God. like these last couple of weeks before this idle week it, it was almost like a, a, a switch flip right like like you know Rutgers was coming into Ohio Stadium uh, coming off of a, a week where they gave you know the team up north all they could handle like yeah. i mean they, they almost beat Rutgers and and then they come into Ohio Stadium and, and just get the doors blown off of them <laughs> so i i, I mean did you <clears throat> like so after those first couple of weeks and going into those you know and, and after those last couple of weeks like were your were your expectations adjusted going into that Rutgers game or like were you thinking that was gonna be a lot closer or like but then after yeah. that Rutgers game it, after that Rutgers game it was like that was such a drastic like turn overturn for the first couple of weeks mm-hmm. like what happened
3: <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah right going into the Rutgers game um I actually uh so I did the the post game for that Rutgers game. So, um, so start doing like you know research on Rutgers and how they've been doing and things of that nature, and then you see that you know the week before you like you say they take Michigan to the wire. And they have uh, Michigan. They shut them out the second half of the game against Michigan. And um, you know, so you said you said about Michigan. You know, Coach Harbaugh is going to have a essentially a, a well coached team. You know, they're not going to be great by any means, but they're going to be playing sound football there. Uh, Coach Greg not had Rutgers, you know, right in that game to right to the end. Um, as in against Ohio State, like you say, Ohio State just kind of just just random over. I think uh, uh, I spoke about it like Rutgers, the first, I think it was the first possession to try to fake punt. It was like it was like everybody was <laughs> expecting them to try, you know, some trickery, and I'm sure the coaches <laughs> went over all week. And then the first punt of the game, you know, the best thing about faking you know, special changes to make it a surprise, but the first one you try to do something, as in, you know, I think we pop that. We, uh, we get the ball. CJ completes, I think, one pass or two. As in, uh, Henderson runs for like forty yards and touch for a touchdown. As in, you know, it's just all here for record from there. But you know, <laughs> uh, You know, Coach Seattle, Ch- he's going to have a well coached team. Like his team is going to play style yeah. football. So just to see them kind of, uh, you know, you know, basically run it with them like that, it was it was good to see. And I think that was a great. Confidence booster, like, hey, look, guys, you know, we, we, you know, we, we still got everything in front of us. Uh, we took a loss early in the season. We know in college if you do lose, lose early, right? Um, so they got that loss out of their, out, off, off their mind, and now it's time to kind of just perform and, and roll from here. So, but um, well, we got Indiana this week, so uh, you know, we'll see how that go. Coming off a of bye week, hopefully, we still got that
1: same aggressive and powerful mindset so <laughs> right you said something before that i i'm interested in your answer on because you're you are the the foremost football expert here on the garage beers podcast <laughs> tonight uh although chad did play some college football uh uh it feels like things happen like nfl things happen and then the college game things tend to kind of start following along with what the nfl does because obviously that's the style that you play and you try to get drafted and all that stuff it seems like we talked about the defense for Ohio State. Yeah. Because it isn't. It hasn't, like you said, it hasn't been what you would expect. You played in the trestle years. Where <laughs> good like if you need to get a yard against Ohio State, good luck. Right? <laughs> good, like, <look>. good luck. <laughs> like you you, right. you were teammates with James Laurinaitis. You were teammates with those guys. Like good luck. I'm interested in like so I'm watching Ohio State. The thing that's They've always been able to bring along have been really two things defensively, the killer pass rusher. We've always had a killer pass rusher, and that's been even more recently all the way up to Chase Young, really. Yeah. But they've always been like linebacker, you kind of, yeah, right? Former guests of the show, like Katzenmoyer, he was on the show with us, like one of the greatest linebackers. You think about Lawrence and AJ Hawk and, <laughs> and, and 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 like you think about these these. The neck roll linebackers, right? And that's what you think of at Ohio State, and all of a sudden, the linebacker position seems to have taken this hit. We're like, it's not what pro teams are looking for. We're going to talk about the Browns for a minute, but Jeremiah Usu koromoa is a is a Brown, and he's technically mm-hmm. a linebacker, although he's kind of a little Mister Do Everything. But yeah. like, he fell to the second round, even though he was so clearly the best at his position. Because there's this uh, this this thing that the people are getting away from the linebacker position. Yeah. Do you think the way that things are changing is causing a little delay in that defense at Ohio State? Because again, they've they've always been like that front seven. Mm-hmm. Kill them with the front seven. Not to say that the defensive packs haven't been <laughs> incredible, because they always are. Yeah. It's always about kill them with that front seven. But like the game is changing a little bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. So when you look at the game now, um, like you say, like, linebackers and also running backs, you know, right, you know, usually you used to see guys, like, you know, build their team or some teams try to build a, a good offense around a running back, and you just, you know, you really don't see that anymore. Same thing defensively, right? You used to try to build your defense around your strong, you know, your strong Mike linebackers, um, and, you know, that was the the pinnacle guys, and, you know, that's who you, that's who you, uh, you know, built your team around, more or less, and it was the leader, and I feel like linebackers are still the leaders of the defense, but like you say, you just it's not that emphasis to grab guys in the first round like you used to see in the past, and, and, and I think that's just kind of the you know the way the game is changing, right? Uh, you know, you can't to be honest, you can't touch guys like you used to, right? So, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to be, in the defense, um, you gotta be able to cover guys without really touching them. so you got, you know, you have to have Quick guys and, and things of that nature that could kind of stick with Robert receivers without being able to you know touch and grab if not you know some penalty automatic first down things of that nature. Um, and then when you think about the defensive line, if you're really going to uh, affect someone, you know affect those the, that that quarterback connecting to the receiver, you know you need to do that with a pass rush. So I feel like that's why there's a more of an emphasis on you know the outside linebacker, the defensive end, guys that could win quick off the line of scrimmage um, because, you know, that's really what affects the quarterback, winning at the line of scrimmage, is um, then if you, you know, you got these receivers around that you can't touch, um, so we need to have guys that can move, so we need, you know, if you think about moving, you're probably going to get a smaller guy, right? Um, nice. So you know linebackers that are smaller, <laughs> looking at defensive backs that are smaller, you know, used to have those big, you know, really hard-hitting safeties, um, and yes. you don't really see that too much in the game as well Dante now. With there. Right, Dante Whitner. Um, you know, guys, you know, so you just got to be able to, you know, be able to move and that's how the game has kind of yeah. really changed. And I feel like you think about it defensively, like, you know, you can't really hit guys like that. So, um, you know, I feel like, the, like you said, everybody, you know, was looking for that star quarterback to lead their team. So that can kind of get the ball to multiple different places. Um, as in, you know, it used to be, uh, I feel like in old school football, right. You just say, if you throw the ball, uh, you know, you know, three things can happen and two of them are bad, right? You <laughs> say it's going to be interception, incomplete, uh, or maybe you, um, you know, come up with a catch. Now it's like it's a huge factor. Like, you know, in the NFL, you throw the ball, it's a good chance that, you know, it's four things can happen. You can get a flag now, <laughs> they can actually catch it, or you can get incomplete and oh. interception. It's a huge difference in the game that, you know, that uh, that's how the game is kind of – that's where it's at right now. trying to, you know – I don't know, but um, I'm not gonna say safety because you know it's not like the you know the the, receipt, the corners touching the wide right receivers like causing more injuries and things of that nature. It's just um, you know that's how that's how the game is going. So, you know, I guess more points maybe makes the fans
1: happy. I don't I don't know, but that's <laughs> what you see. <laughs> so So Chad Chad and Brian the only two guys on the show that played any level of high, uh, football beyond uh, high school <laughs> here's, here's, <laughs> uh, Brian, Brian played at a little higher level than me right <laughs> I just hey listen I'm giving you credit for the first time ever uh, <laughs> I know that's why I found it so weird I, that's right listen here's here's what I feel right it's it, a lot has changed in college football especially with the playoff and all that stuff but I think it still stands that if you're going to lose in college football on the regular season, lose early. If you're going to lose, lose early. You can come oh, 100%. back. 100%. You do, do not want to lose late. You do not want to lose late. So I very much feel like I feel like this season is set up for the Ohio State Buckeyes better than any that I can really remember. And here's what I mean by that. First of all, you lost Oregon. Oregon looks to be the favorite in the pack out there. We'll see what happens because those teams always lose games that they shouldn't lose. Not just Oregon, yeah. but just the pack teams always <laughs> lose games that they shouldn't lose. But right. certainly helps the optics that they look to be the best team in that conference. Uh, uh, but Ohio State, still on the schedule, on the schedule, has three games remaining with teams that are currently in the top 10. Now, they're not all going to be in the top 10 by the time we get to them because they play each other at times. But you're talking about number 10, Michigan State. You're talking about Michigan. You're talking about Penn State. They're all in the top 10 and then add another one if they can hang on in there, but Purdue beats Iowa and they come into the top 25. So you've got all these tough games that are still on the schedule. It's like after a few years of hearing as Ohio state fans, that the big 10 isn't maybe what it used to be, or it's not the sec or whatever. All of a sudden here's the big 10 with four teams in the top 10, uh, and it very much feels like if Ohio State can just take care of business from here on out and win the games that they need to win, like they're a no doubter uh, playoff team, even if they're one loss. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I would agree. Uh, when I
1: always, you know,
3: uh, Ohio State it has, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, we just, we're a really talented team. I think we got really good players that's going to play, that's going to be really good at the college level. Um, going on to the NFL. I think they'd be really good in the NFL. Um, so essentially, if you just kind of, you know, I think, you know, usually when it kind of gets towards the end, they start talking about the eye test, right? Like, you know, they got a, a, a they got, um, you know, we got teams with the same amount of, you know, wins and losses. Uh, you know, maybe you look at Jeffrey's schedule or something of that nature, but usually they just kind of focus on the eye test. Like, you know, we, you know, we look at the eye test and when we see Thank you. You know, how they play compared to. I don't know another one lost team and whoever that may be. You know, you say, well, you know, Ohio State on our test. Uh, we say, you know, Ohio State is the is the better team. So, like I guess I think uh, this year we have a like you said a back end of our schedule is really really loaded. A lot of good teams. First first thing we got to take care of business. We have to win those games if we're gonna you know you know you know look to make the playoffs and have a chance for the national championship. So. Um, but on the eye test, you know, Ohio State is still, I mean, when you look at our quarterback, our running back, our, 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 our record-breaking running back, our record-breaking quarterback, our uh, <laughs> line, it's like, those guys are, like, just amazing. This might have been definitely one of the best offensive lines that Ohio State has had, um, maybe ever. Uh, just, those guys are just really stoning people. Um, you look at the defense. Uh, the way they're coming along and some of the players that they have there. Um, I just think that if it comes down to it and, you know, you just got another one-loss team in the mix, it's going to be really tough to keep Ohio State off. Um, obviously, um, you know, if you got a, a team from a smaller conference that's undefeated, it's going to be another – Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati, right? I ain't want to- Throw so my but you know, I always coach figures in Cincinnati. He was my coach at Ohio State, so yep. I'm feeling for those guys as well. But, um, but you know, if you got an undefeated Cincinnati and Ohio State with a one loss, you know, it's not my it's not my decision well, to I make. It's, like I, it's like,
1: <laughs> like, I don't think. First of all, I think, I, like, I don't know that it even come down to that because you've you've had the other losses now. Like Alabama goes down, and all of a sudden, now we're talking about, you know it may not be a given that you're going to put Alabama and Georgia in, you know, if they, yeah. if they both win out because now Alabama has got that loss. So, so I, I like just for that, because I do love that. I think this is the year unless Cincinnati yeah. just folds in a game that they should not lose. I think this is finally the year that we see one of those teams. I think Cincinnati makes it because they had the hype from the beginning and they lived up to it.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And I feel like when it comes to the, the teams that's a smaller conferences, and it's really not fair, but you make them do it two years in a row, right? <laughs> you gotta, if you yeah. wanna make the, you know, if you really wanna get to a, a big game, you gotta do it two years in a row. And Cincinnati's doing it. They did it last year. Uh, I think this might be three years in a row, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, they were really good last year. Like you said, they had the hype. Uh they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. So like, you know. <laughs> hey. You know they went out like it's going to be a really tough, a tough argument to keep those guys. Out. I mean, they really deserve it to be honest with you, Frank, just, you know, to get that
1: opportunity to be there and show that they belong.
4: So.
1: <laughs> after after the slower start to the season, as we kind of wrap up this year's Buckeyes, heading into this Indiana game, are you seeing the growth from the young players from the defense? From your expertise, the offensive line, I mean, goodness, the running backs have been spectacular. Yeah. Are you seeing the growth from this team that leads you to believe that uh, they can get to where they want to go?
3: I think so. Um, like I say, when it, for one thing at Ohio State, we know the talent is there, right? We know that we got really good guys across the board and, and all the positions. Um, and so now you just got to see it on the field. And so – uh, like I say, after the first couple of games, now we're actually getting to see it. Um, hopefully they continue on in this manner. Uh, Indiana, take care of business there. hope they're not you know they're coming off a of bye week, so you you would think that hopefully that they're ready to go there and not overlooking it because we know Penn State is coming in uh, right after that Indiana game and uh, to be honest, before the season, I would would thought Indiana would have been having a better better season than if they are. Um, uh, but you know, Indiana is gonna be Indiana. So, we have to focus in there. We'll want to see them to go out and um, have a big win because, you know, we're obviously the much, uh, the much better team there on paper. So, you got to play the game and win it. So, um, I think we're trending in the right direction. Um, like, as we know, big games is coming up. Uh, so, I'd just like to see us take advantage of those opportunities um, and continue to, you know, Look the way we've been looking. Continue to look like we're, you know, we know what we're doing or we're executing on all levels and just kind of continue to run things.
2: Now, in your eyes, let's get into this Indiana game a little bit. In your eyes, you know, Indiana, you know, obviously Michael Penix is out for the year or out for a sustained period of time. But, you know, this Indiana team again, kind of like a Rutgers team, is, is is no pushover. Yeah, they come in at, I think it's two and four, but their losses have been to Iowa, Cincinnati, <laughs> Penn State, and Michigan State. So how important is it for the Buckeyes not to overlook the Hoosiers?
3: Yeah, it's, it's very important. I mean, um, you don't – so obviously, you know, we already got one loss. So we lose to Indiana – I'm not going to say the season's over, but we, you know, we're definitely not going to <laughs> play off. Right. So uh, we, we need a strong performance against them. Uh, we need to go out and, and play well. Um, and just kind of, you know, and kind of just do that, you know, just do the right things. Um, usually off of bye week, you know, it kind of gives you a chance to heal. I know we kind of been banged up at several positions, even though we got talent, you know, you're you know, expected, you know, senior defensive end to be there, you know, you're expecting a, a senior defense in to be there so hopefully some guys right. took some time off and got healed up and rest up and uh we can kind of go out have a strong performance against indiana and just kind of keep that momentum to kind of jump into that uh the end of the the, the, the basically the end of the season's games when you think about penn state and then always you never want to lose in november that's just old, you know. You just don't want to lose in November, yeah. Uh, yeah. so you know yeah. we got big games in November as well. So to kind of take that momentum and run from
1: there. So. All right, Brian. So here's what I just <laughs> I just looked at the clock. We're not trying to get you in trouble with the wife, okay? We've talked a lot of we've talked a lot of Ohio State football. We've talked a lot about you. Mm-hmm. I, 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 every once in a while, we get these guests. Uh, your buddy Chimdi Cheko was one of these guys where all of a sudden I look at the clock, I'm like, Jesus, we've been going for a minute here. Uh, but I had one more thing we wanted to talk to uh, to talk about, and and I would love it if you would join us, but if we've kept you on for too long, you let us know too. Uh, I'm fine,
3: man. I'm good, man. I got, I got my drink going, so I'm done. Your- burning, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, okay. Burning in the she, middle of the week.
2: And she's sleeping <laughs> anyway? I mean, she's probably sleeping anyway, right? Oh,
3: the, my wife? Yeah. Um, you know, be honest, I, she, she's usually sleeping at this point. I can't say today, uh, but she's usually sleeping at the time. So like I say, it's, it's nighttime. I got my middle of the week bourbon going. It's good. We're good.
1: (laughs) Now I'm excited. Now I'm super excited because we're going to come off the Buckeyes for a little bit. And again, we have been so lucky with Ohio state. We have had legends from Ohio state on, we have had so many former Buckeyes players on we love talking Buckeyes with you guys, but we are based out of Cleveland. Yeah. We are a Cleveland podcast. Mm-hmm. And so while we've got you on, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yeah, this, episode, let's do it. <laughs> this episode is going to come out on, uh, well, tomorrow, which is going to be Thursday, which means the Browns are playing. If you're listening to this, the, the day the episode comes out, the Browns play tonight, the Denver yeah. Broncos. I don't know who's playing for the Browns. I don't know who's <laughs> going to actually suit up and actually play, but right. there will be a team in Orange and Brown at First Energy Stadium playing. Let's first of all talk about this. Uh, after your playing career at Ohio State, you bounced around the NFL a bit uh, uh-huh. uh, before before your career came to an end there. And yeah. one of the places you stopped was Cleveland. Yeah, so yeah. You're a dude that grew up. You played at Glenville. You went to Ohio State. And then all of a sudden, you found yourself donning the orange and brown.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Is, was that yeah, like a that, dream come true? Definitely. Definitely. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Browns fan, you know, like most Browns fans. When we're bad, I'm a Browns fan. When we're decent, we're well, a Browns fan. When we're good. I'm definitely a Browns fan. <laughs> yeah, <good.
4: laughs> yeah,
2: We're so with them, was... win or tie, baby. We're with them, yeah. win or tie. Right,
3: right, right. So yeah, so it, it, it definitely was a dream come true uh, just to kind of walk into the facility and be around the guys. Um, Joe Thomas was left tackle at the time. Obviously, you know, he's a rock star legend and. As cool as he is on TV or on Twitter, he's that cool in person. He has that same charisma and that smile and that, that worth ethic about himself. So it was uh, definitely an interesting time to be with the Browns. I did, when I was with them, it was when they had sold the team. Um, current yes. of the current owner was Jimmy Haslam. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Haslam. sold the team to Jimmy Haslam. So it was like uh, Coach uh, Schumer, Schumer was the coach at the time, and like you. Obviously, you didn't say it, but you just knew that it's probably <laughs> it for you. The <laughs> 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 you know, we got a, not a, a, not a d- different GM coming. He got a different owner coming in, so you know everything is about to change over here. So, uh, but you know, those guys was great. It was, just, it was just great to be a part of the organization, Uh getting to practice with with uh, key guys. That, like I said, the Hall of Famer uh, Joe Thomas. Uh, obviously, you know. Definitely he'll get there. Uh, we had definitely good guys on the offensive line. Uh, That's you know it was, it was like like you said, dream come true. Just is kind of be a part of the organization for the period of time that I was. So
1: <laughs> did you see? Did you see that thing, Joe? Like you obviously got to know Joe Thomas the, the the team a little bit. Did you see see that thing he did? Like what was it last year? A couple years ago, that thing the TV show with The Rock, where like. It was Titan like, Games. Titan Games. Titan Games. Yes.
4: I missed that. Whoa,
1: Whoa! You're gonna have no DVR,
2: it, Brian, or de- on-demand or whatever the hell oh, right. we got right you got right now. How
1: old are you, Chad? What are you talking what? about? <laughs> Brian, like DVR sorry, Brian. You're on gonna, gonna internet you know. machine. You're gonna have uh, to TiVo that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it was like I, the Rock had this show that was like. It was like an extreme athletic show. And Joe Thomas was out there looking like Calvin Johnson. Like, same body type, right? Skinny Joe Thomas looking all ripped and muscular. And he, like, dominated the show. Anyways, go watch it. Uh, I don't know how an offensive lineman goes from, like, being an offensive lineman to do what Joe Thomas did there, but that's incredible. yeah, yeah, But I mean, obviously Joe's like a one of the one almost like a
3: one in a lifetime type of athlete, right? And you don't think a- about that when you talk about an offensive lineman, right? you just like, no, we talk about one time you talking about a receiver, you talk about Calvin Johnson or Lamar Jackson, a real, you know, quick chef, you know, but like Joe was like what he did in his playing career like from the jump, you know, being a rookie and going out and performing at a high level every year. Um Never missing just a Just remarkable. Like, you just, like, and remarkable. This is the only way to put it. Like, you know, this guy just goes out every Sunday. You know what you're getting out of him. Um, and, and he and he just go out there and roll that. And I feel like what Thomas came who was in that draft? Was it like Ricky Williams in that draft, I feel like, maybe? Oh, the, the dick dick ra- draft? The Ditka
1: draft? Right? Yeah. Who, who was in no. that draft? It was a – no, because that know. was the same. That was the same draft. Uh, who else did the Browns get in that draft? They drafted Joe Thomas, but they also had a later first round pick. No, that was like 2007, so it wasn't okay. A, it okay, was
3: 2006, but,
1: 2007, something like that. It
3: was somebody I don't, I don't know. know. Whoever the hot shot skill guy that year. It's like hey, it was like, well, you know, the Browns should get this guy. We need was this guy. Was it Reggie guy. Bush? Was it Reggie? No, Reggie came out with Mario Williams, right? And Mario Williams went number one. Oh, oh boy,
1: up. Mike's googling. Mike's googling. Oh, I'm looking. I am looking this up. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you know what draft it was? So it was Adrian Peterson. It was Calvin Johnson. So I already brought oh, up Megatron. Yeah. But here, t- trivia: that draft, Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson. Who was the number one pick in the draft that year? Uh,
2: Akili Smith.
1: Was three. I don't know. Akili Smith was 99. Uh, Oh, okay. None other than the legendary, the legendary get on his knees and throw the ball 70 yards, quarterback himself, Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. Uh, one uh, pick that <laughs> Jamarcus Russell. That was also the year the Browns traded or uh, came back or had another pick or whatever. That's the, that's the Brady Quinn draft. Ah, yeah, right. Right. You got Joe Thomas and Brady playing that year. Yes. Right. right. One yeah. of them worked so, out. No, but yeah, that's going to be cool, right? Out. That's going to yeah. be cool seeing like uh as a guy that's played, you know, for years then, uh as offensive line. Right? Joe Thomas is I mean, you're that it's automatic first ballot Hall of Fame. He's going to it'll yeah. be like unanimous. Like Oh yeah. One yeah. of the all-time greatest to do it when when you were out there and you were practicing and stuff. Like, how apparent is that difference to you? How apparent, like, do you watch him and you're just like, oh, Jesus, look at this guy?
3: Yeah, I think as an offensive lineman, like, you know, when you, especially when you're, you know, you start going up in the ranks and you're playing against, you know, better talent and better guys and things of that nature, um, especially with the defense lineman, right? You know, they say, like, what well, quarterback has, what's the saying? like, you got three seconds to th- throw the ball or, you know, not an NFL defense lineman is going to, you know, get a sack or get pressure on you. Um, because, you know, that's how talented and, you know, kind of athletes that you're dealing with without those guys. But with Joe, was just like, he was just so precise. Like he just never changed, like he never let the defender dictate what he was going to do. Man. A lot of times, you know, when the guy's jumping around, giving moves and facing things of that nature, it kind of could throw you. Throw you off, and that's where you see guys get in trouble, and their technique kind of goes down, and things that nature. But Joe was very precise. His technique was not going down, no matter what you did. (laughs) He was going to be very precise (laughs) in his steps, and his kick, and and his punch, and his hand placement, and things that nature. And so usually guys fast, so you might you know miss or things that nature. Never too fast with Joe. He's going to be precise. He's going to take his steps, and he was going to you know uh, you know do whatever to play what what was called for in that play. And um, yeah, it was. Literally, one of a kind of guy doing that stuff. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you see a guy that, you know, maybe they win a lot of blocks and things of that nature off the offensive lineman, but they do it in different ways. Like, you know, maybe it was a fight here right. and he went do this and just to win, but Joe just won the exact same way <laughs> every time, went the exact same way.
1: And it's just <laughs> this remark. <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's bring it current. Let's bring it current. You're a Browns fan. You're obviously, you were probably just excited about this year's team as anybody else. Yes, I think the the first thing that we talk about is, as an athlete, as an organization, you always look for reasons to not come up with excuses for what's happening. Mm -hmm. At the same time, like, are we at a point now where it's fair to just be like, it's fair to talk about the injuries that have happened to this team (laughs) and be like, maybe that's an okay excuse for why they've gotten off to a three and three start. Yeah. I, the injuries
3: and and I really hate to say this, but man, I feel like something about the, the Browns and referees, man, I, it's oh, yeah. it's like, I, I don't, it's to me, it's just really different when i mean, in, like, I, obviously I, I care a little bit more for the Browns. Right. So I'm like, I'm kind of really picking at the flash that they throw, but man, a lot of times I just feel like, the referee, in my opinion, referees throw the most flags against the Browns for non-football, like non-play calls. You know, changing type of opportunity. So, if a guy's holding on the back end and we're running, we're, we're holding on the right, but a guy we're running to the left, the referee throwing the flag. Like, man, you throw flags. <laughs> they throw flags against us. I feel like this has nothing to do with the plays. So, why are you trying to penalize us? On that, you know, that's the the premise of a throwing a flag is that it affected the play in some kind of manner. But um, I feel like they, they throw a lot of flags against us off stuff they <laughs> thought they saw. <laughs> and they throw a lot of flags against us about stuff that really had nothing to dictate the play. And then with the injuries, like, man, our defense is just, like, depleted. Um, I know there's a lot of guys that are banged up. But when it comes to our defensive backs, linebackers, I used to know last uh, Brian, week.
1: Brian, let me let yeah, go back to ready. that because as a <laughs> player – I do want to know your take on that. Like, like, let's take. It's it's so easy to be emotional, right? It's so easy to be emotional when a call goes against you in any sport, in any. I'm watching. I got the Cavs up right now, or you know, uh, baseball. A strike call goes against. It's easy to be emotional, but like as a player, when you got to keep your head on right and just play the game. Like, there's certain calls that I've seen. You're always going to get bad calls against you. You're always going to get bad calls. Every team is, but like that pass interference on that oh man, man <laughs> against the Chargers. Don't yeah, even start, right. Mike. Don't that even start. start. No,
3: no, you, yeah. no, no, Yes, yes, we can talk about that because to me, we won the game. We had won yeah, the right. game. Fourth and seven, they throw a, a jump ball, and the receiver grabs the defensive back. So the referee calls passing interference on us. So obviously you didn't see it. So you threw a flag on saying you <laughs> thought you saw. It. So you didn't see it, obviously, because you you caught it completely right, wrong. Right. So and then instead of the game us getting the ball and essentially in scoring position, we just run the clock out and win the game, you give them thirty three yards. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thirty three yards passing interference. And so I, I have I do have a, a huge great with passing interference, especially in, in NFL. To me, it turns games over just so quick. Like I said, that's why it's a passing league. Why not try to get a pass in the fence? We get why, why not throw it fifty yards? Maybe the defender doesn't turn his head around, so they just throw a flag
1: on it, and you get the ball all the way down the field. So, yes, But it's a, it's it's the one thing that every level of I, it, you're an offensive guy. You play yeah. offense. Yeah. It's my yeah. biggest. It's my biggest gripe about football in any level, mm-hmm. except for maybe high school. College at least does right. it right. There's right. no reason pass interference needs to be a spot foul 42 yards down the field. 42 yards right. down the field. There's Making no a way. 15 yard penalty, first down, boom. Right. Like, the percentage but, but of a right. guy you're catching, right. catching yeah, the ball. Changes the, changes
3: the game. Changes the game. The percentage of a guy catching the ball 42 yards down the field, it's like, by itself, it's like not, you know, the easiest thing in the world. So, right. let alone. <laughs> <wrong. Right. laughs> You say this guy that committed some foul, so now they get the ball right there. It's just it's, – it's,
1: it's just not a good call. I just don't well, – I don't that's like
3: thing. it in every that's game. That's the thing in college.
1: That's the thing in college. If if an, if an official misses a pass interference in college, it's a 15-yard penalty. It's not that bad. It still sucks. Yeah. Right. But it's not that bad. It's not giving somebody 50 yards. If an official misses a call in the pros – here, have this. That's that's why. That's why it always pisses me off. That's why it yeah. always pisses me off when my like if the Browns have like third and fourteen, and they run that draw play that every team does just to like not make a mistake. Why are you not just launching the ball down the field? <laughs> You're right.
3: right, You're Right. You. No, if it's I agree. An
1: interception. It is what it is.
3: It's is what it is. Yeah. I. I. I don't like it as well. I, every NFL game I watch, I feel like some type of passing the frame plays come up. Or what they call the um illegal touching, which is to me is just a crazy flag. Like you you, you touch the guy after what's they say five yards and we could legit justify throwing a flag. It's like, man, so you can legit throw this thing every play if you wanted to. Yes, Because all the receiver has to do is run ten yards and just run into you and you're illegally touching him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is that? Like what type of call is that, man? So yeah, I, I I, like I say, I'm an, officer, I'm an offensive guy, but I just don't think those calls are very fair, and the referees kills us. And when it comes to our defense, like I said, like the Chargers game, right? We like uh, Clowney didn't play. Uh, we had uh, I think the war get I think Ward didn't play yep. or um, yeah. As then I'm sorry, our, our first yep. round corner was out yeah, that game. Greg right? was hurt. As then we have other defensive backs go down in the game. Um, Greedy was out there. To be honest, I think Greedy's been playing pretty strong this year, especially golf yes. off off not playing at all. Um, but we know we're in the game. We're fighting. We're, we're, we're trying to win this game. And then literally, fourth and seven, we make the stop. We make the play. And the referee says, like, no, you got to keep going. Like, just Oof.
1: keep – let's do this again. It was just like well, – There's, uh,
3: <laughs> there's Chad, a reason
1: there's a re- – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say you were texting me because then you go to the Arizona game. Because then it happened again in that first quarter of that Arizona game. Chad texted me so freaking – like, that's the pissed off – most pissed off I've seen Chad. (laughs) Chad's texted me in that first quarter of that Arizona game going, this is why I only watch college football. This is why I hate the NFL, blah, blah, blah. Because it's happening – first of all, Arizona kicked the shit out of the Browns. (laughs) Fair, fair. Fair. But, like, in the first quarter – when you're making stops and the refs are just giving, like, boom, here's another first down. Here's another. <laughs> down. It's easy for that game to get out of hand. Like Chad, uh-huh. you were you were pissed at that. And that's well, and yeah. that's the thing. And I was just about to actually. It's,
2: I'm glad you brought it up, Mike, because I was actually about to say, Brian, this is why I enjoy Saturday football so much more than Sunday football. Like I, I, I don't. You know, obviously, I'm glued to the TV when the Browns are on, but you know, I just feel like the NFL has just move the needle so far <laughs> uh, towards, you know, you know, towards the safety of players, the protection of players, the, like, oh like, my like God, it,
1: that pa- that roughing the passer.
2: Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's to me, it's become virtually on, uh, you know, to me, it's like, they're trying to make the game unwatchable. It to me, that's like, they're, it to me, it's like, they're making up penalties. Like I, I just, I I find myself questioning way less on Saturday football than I do on Sunday football. You know, there's targeting, which is very arbitrary in 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 college football. But they at least
1: review it, and they usually get it right after they review it. Usually, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, But but it just it seems like to for in my opinion, it seems like the NFL is just constantly trying to reinvent the wheel when it comes to football, and they're just to me they're just going overboard. To me, it's it's to me they're just doing too much. And the referees yeah. are just way too much involved in today's NFL game. And I just, I don't blame you. I don't blame it. I don't blame the refs a lot for, for losses in the game, but I just believe they're too much a part of the game in the NFL right now that it takes away from the game. That's just my opinion. That's why I don't, that's why I, st- I love the NFL. Again, I love the Browns, but I don't like the NFL as much these days.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 I kind of have to agree with some, some things there. Like I say, I feel like, like I said, when, when you start talking about uh, pass interference and legal touching, like, that's not a safety thing. That's just something that came yeah, over, you know. Like, yeah, you know, that, too. Corner, that too. In the receiver 15, touching or pushing them 15 yards down the field or whatever, no safety involved in that. Like, you know, you get that at the snap, at the line of scrimmage every play. So it's not really even a safety thing when it comes to that. It's just, right. you know, right. it makes sense. Like you say, you guys brought up the rough and the pass call the, the oh, defender is pushing the back into the quarterback, pushing the back into the quarterback, and, the <laughs> the quarterback, and quarterback doesn't even go down. He kind of, you know, braces. <laughs> yeah. like he braces and stuff. He's a big guy. versus a little guy. So, yes, the quarterback moved. He didn't even fall down. Oh, my God. fifteen yard penalty. Like, you know, that's not even safety. That's just... Right. Right. Yeah, it's just like the referees
2: are it's the are too much a part of the game right now. You're
1: too much a part of the game. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. Well, so it's, I think the I think the rules are too much a part of it. Like again, the pass interference we talked about. That does not need to be a spot foul 42 yards down yeah, the field. Right, the other right, thing yeah. that kills me. The other thing that kills me, you want to make that illegal touching, that like that illegal contact defense, defensive holding, whatever. You want to make that a penalty? Fine. Why does that five-yard penalty automatically come with an automatic first down? <laughs> why does every defensive penalty, every in-game defensive penalty, so post-snap defensive penalty comes with an automatic first down? Why? Yeah, it's yeah. a five-yard uh, hold. Call the five-yard hold and then play third down again. Like, yeah. why does everything extend the drive?
3: Yeah, the only way this and this is the only way it kind of it don't make sense. But this is the only way I could see. Like maybe the power that be want teams to score more points because of um, it's more entertaining for the fans. Quotation mark fantasy, right? Quotation parts. You know that's a big thing and <laughs> fantasy and things of that nature. Uh, but I just think a lot of people who really like football understands what a good defensive is, and they, you know, and they the, like good the defense. Defense is being pe- played. You know, you, you're still going to watch that game the same way they you know if you're watching the game that where people are running up and down the field. So. I think that's where maybe that mindset is coming in when it's like when, for the powers that be when they're like trying to come up with the rules and things of the game. Let's try to help out the offense so we score more and, you know, keep everybody engaged. But to me, I mean, only thing that, you know, is that's not it. Like, you know, people that really like the game want to see a good defense. They want to see, you know, sacks. Yes. And- <laughs> Uh, because I'm in, I'm in a. I'm in I'm in a, a uh, I do like the safety things, right? Like, you know, the head, people head and concussion and things, like that's sure. you know? So yeah, let's, you know, you hit a guy in the head hard. Yeah, let's make it a penalty. Let's do something about that. Kind of keep the game uh safe, try to keep it safe as possible. But a lot of this stuff to me, pass deference, touching um some of this the stuff they call on the quarterback, you touch his face mask, it's a penalty, like it's not that's not safety. That's just That's just.
1: So, well, it's, <laughs> it's, I think, Chad, right. I think it's just I think it's just so overboard. And like yes. you said, sure, people like to see offense. That's not offense, though. Like, that's not offense. That's the thing that kills me. I like to see touchdowns as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. That's not offense. Mm-hmm. Extending drives artificially through bad flags is not offense. Tom Brady's running offense. Right. That dude, I have hated him for years, and now I just succumb to the fact that he's the best, the best quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah. He, yeah. he runs offense. That's beautiful. Uh, you got a lot of players out here. Patrick Mahomes runs offense. That's beautiful what Patrick Mahomes does. Josh Allen right now, that dude runs offense. The flags keeping drives alive is not what I am tuned in to watch.
0: Yeah, if your offense right.
1: sucks... I don't want to see uh, officials making you better because your mm. offense sucks and they need to make you better. Anyways, right. we got off on the super tangent there, <laughs> but let's let's go back to the Browns for a minute. Yeah. So the Browns are three. The th- We got off on the tangent because through some assistance and some injuries, a ton of them, the Browns are three and three. And, and to be honest with you, they haven't looked great. In most games, yeah, in any game, really, they haven't looked great. I mean, they have, uh, unfortunately, uh, that that Kansas City game is probably the best they've looked all year, yeah, and they wound up losing it. it. Yeah, they look really
3: good against Kansas City,
1: yeah, and they look good in a lot of ways against the Chargers. They did look good in a lot of ways against the Chargers, but like three and three, I don't know, what do you, what are you feeling about this Browns team? What's why is it that when the Browns get this hype it just fizzles? Like boom. it just feels, like they right? can't just be 5 and 1. Yeah, right cuz right I mean before the
3: year you know how you kind of look at the schedule and like what are we going to do? I'm like, man, we got a really great opportunity to win like 12 games, 12 11 games easy. Like, you know, we should, we're better than this team. You know, just kind of go on paper. We're better than this team, better than this team, better than this team. And um, you know, this is this is this is what we come to see. And, um, so essentially I don't, um, we just need to s- just execute when it comes down to it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I think Chad, maybe you tweeted about how many times we go for it on fourth down in our percentage of the year. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, man, like, you know, this is like, I guess the trestle ball I mean like, man, play football the right way. We, we marched the ball all the way down the field. Uh, we are at our own 10 and it's, it's fourth and four. Like, let's not try to, you know, make more. Like, get the points, get ahead, get the tie. Like, you know, be winning the game, and, you know, and do those little things. And I feel like um, our coach, uh, Kevin, I'm going to butcher his last name. Stefanski. Stephans- uh, yeah, I feel yeah. like, you know, he wants to, you know, show that he's a player's coach and get behind the guys and get behind Baker. And, you know, I trust you to make these plays. But man, we got to win these games. Like we got to, we, we need to win these games. So, especially when we injured and have all these injuries, as you know, across our defense. Like help them out. Like look, make them feel good that they got a little bit of a lead right. when they get on the field, and you know, don't take all these, don't do so much gambling. So now I feel like now we're at a point. Like tomorrow, you know, what most people see this. You know, I feel like this is a must win. We can't be three and four. I think we want to have a chance to contend for our division. So. Um, obviously sure. it's gonna be tough sledding. Baker's out. We got Case Keenum coming in. Um, I don't know, like I don't know who's playing. I, I know last week when right. you see you see both you're you of you starting off with of the tackles out the game, you like it's gonna be a, a rough one. And you know, offense it was it was pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. like, right and so you know and both our running backs are out. We know that for sure tomorrow. We know our quarterback is out. Um, <laughs> uh, what receiver corps gonna look, look like. Um, so you know, I, I feel like we got to come up with, uh, with a way to win it. Though we got to, you know, do whatever it takes. Um, I know we got uh, Johnson. And he's a talent. You know, he's he got some talent. He could play. He could run the ball. We could press him to run the ball. I feel and uh, lean on our interior offensive line if our tackles not playing because those guys are really good players and uh, lean on them to kind of you know maybe control things. And our defense is going to have to. Um, you know, play well. Um, obviously Denver on paper, I feel like we're we're, we're a better team, especially before the, the season. Now, like I say, it's it'd be kind of tough to say, you know, Denver have won some games. They you know they are capable, but for every we, we just have to come out with a win tomorrow. I feel like if we wanna have a this we still want to get the playoffs and get a shot at things. We gotta figure out a way to win this game. Uh we have a couple extra days. Get healthy. Um yeah, you know, you know, win this game and then be, be four and three and come out way you know, win the next one. So,
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think That's we talked like, about the fourth down for a minute, Brian, Brian. It's like, I get it. I understand that we live in an analytics uh, type of game in this day and age. And the percentages say go for it on a lot of fourth downs, you know, on fourth downs in, in certain types of situations. But if your team isn't executing, like if, like, you know, there comes a point where I think you really just, kind of have to go away from that right like there's a point where like the percentages are working against you so maybe just go back to uh i don't know maybe more uh i don't want to say conservative but like more of a i, I don't know <laughs> uh,
4: in, in, in instinctual, instinctual yeah instinctual,
2: type of coaching of, instinctual type of coaching of go to trestle ball. Instinctual, instinctual type of coaching instead of analytics yeah
3: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, in my opinion, though, you got to get the points, man. I mean, like, you know, you do certain things You get in that position. There's no given that you're going to get back there. And um, in my opinion, when I watch Baker, I, you know, that's our, our quarterback right now. And I know a lot of people probably cold on Baker, right? I think last year was a great year. I feel like coming in this year, I feel like Baker, he's definitely our guy. Um, as in this year, when I watch him, I feel like, if Baker has to win the game for us, we it might it might get to be too much. Like if he has to like make the throws and make the plays to win the game. It it, it, it can kind of go uh, go bad for him. you know. It might be a turnover. He might fumble, interception, things of that nature. Might come up. Well, it's it, but that's, oh, what it's been. Been. That's, that's what it's been. been. Yeah, that's what it's yeah. been. But we have Baker in a position where we're in control of the game. He don't have to win it. He just kind of have to just kind of control things from here. I think like. That's his best self. Like you know, he's great at getting the ball out, getting the ball to guys, and things of that nature. We're running the ball, but when you go for it on fourth down, and now we need a touchdown instead of needing a field goal, I feel like you know we're we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. So, Listen, um, I'm still very hopeful here. I still think we're very talented. We still got a lot of good guys. We just need to put it together and, like you say, play well
1: and uh, come up with some more victories here. Where here's my thing. You brought up Baker. Let's talk about Baker for a second. Where's the swagger with Baker? <laughs> but that's that like I know that's kind of a funny question, but that's where he plays his best. Like when he's got that attitude, where he's got that thing that it makes the Colin Cowards of the world question him like where's is his mind right because he's flipping somebody off on the sideline or Ohio State fans hate him because he planted the Oklahoma flag. Where (laughs) is the swagger? When we've seen Baker successful with the Browns, his rookie year, he woke up feeling dangerous. It's a quote that will live forever in that Mm -hmm. game that he dominated the Atlanta Falcons. He dominated them. In the times where we've seen him be successful, even the second half of last year, Baker plays with this swagger. like He is just out there having the best time He's ever had in his whole life and he doesn't care whether he throws a pick or whether he doesn't, or if he throws a touchdown or if he misses his guy, because the next throw he's got this this year. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? I don't know. Did you watch the major league movies? Yeah, uh for sure. Right?
3: Right. So here's,
1: here's what it reminds me of. If you're listening to this podcast, Baker reminds me of business Rick Vaughn from major league Two. (laughs) <laughs> Major League One, right? He's got the haircut, he's got the glasses He's a little wild and crazy But like, he's electric Yeah. Major League Two, he like Bought into some endorsements And now he's a businessman, he's got the clean cut yeah. He's got the suit, right, the girl right. he got whatever. The, pretty, the pretty girlfriend, right <laughs> and, and I don't want to talk yeah. about that because Baker's yeah. Wife seems to be super cool and whatever But like, it's not about that It's just about like, yeah, nah. Baker. Baker feels like He's like business Baker this year yeah. I don't need business, Baker. Where's where is the swagger at with this dude? <laughs> yeah, I I yeah, like Rocky said, that's when he's playing his
3: best. He just like kind of I feel like Baker plays the best when there's like a real chip on the shoulder. Not like a chip we tried someone tried to place on him, but like there's a real a real yeah, chip there. Yeah. So you know, last year we you know, two years ago, right? What the you know, everybody was expecting the Browns to blow up. Baker had just got out of his rookie year. We got all these prime time games, and, well, we stuck. It <laughs> we was we bad all year. I'm I'm election, catches, everybody kind of fell back off of us. As then well, Odell's get hurt. So, now there's no pressure on the Browns no more, and Baker's just killing it. Right, right? Like, We're winning and we beating guys. Uh, you know, we're running the ball. we were just, you know, having a great time making the playoff. we win winning the playoff game. We beat the Steelers, and, you know, everything is kind of on the up and up. Now, this year, what? Now, the expectations are high for us again. And you know, and there's no question about use it. QB1. It's when like you, you brought up my brother. His thing is always like, Yeah, we just need to like play case kingdom but he could think his job is in jeopardy a little bit. Then <laughs> 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 a He needs need need a shoulder. So that's shoulder, so case That's what he said. Like so it's like, hey, yeah, man, maybe this is this is it. Like the thing to kind of Get us back going in the right direction and get that, you know, that control of the offense going again and, and going and, and win some games.
2: <laughs> I like that idea, wow. Brian. Case needs to throw for like four fifty and like four touchdowns tomorrow. That <laughs> way, go. that that way, that way, <laughs> Baker knows <laughs> that like, oh, if he doesn't play well, his price tag is going down. So that chip will get on his shoulder again. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm.
1: There we go. I just, yeah. I, man, I just this this <laughs> whole thing, I just. You know, you we say that, right? And that makes a lot of sense because Baker does seem to play what better when that's the case. But, like, when he was at Oklahoma, and I know it's a different game. You know that, right? Uh-huh. It's a different game when you get to the NFL. But when he was at Oklahoma, there was no – nobody doubted Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma. They were expected to be title contenders at Oklahoma, and he was the guy. Uh-huh. Why yeah. is it that –
3: Oh, but God. you got, but you gotta remember, he's a we was a walk on in college. He Got to transfer schools, so all that kind of stigma is kind of following around. Like, you know, are you gonna be that guy? So Come on, it, it was there. It was
1: something that that's something that a, a guy could easily feed off of, man. All right, so here's, of here. <laughs> here's what we need. We need Emily Mayfield to wake up every week, every Monday morning, and be like, Baker, you're too short. Uh, and you don't belong in the AFC North. Just to give him that little chip on his shoulder, I, I, I ultimately, like, that's all well and good, right? That's all well and good, but ultimately, you've got to be able to play well when you are expected to be one of the best. Like, yeah, that's it. You can you can talk this whole game about he plays better with a chip on his shoulder. That's fine, but eventually, if you want to be winning Super Bowls, forget the chip on your shoulder. Yeah, you need to play better. The chip on your shoulder needs to be knowing that everybody's gunning for you. Uh-huh. That's the chip, right? <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and right now, it's it's like this. I I hate to agree with you, Brian, but I do agree with you. When the ball is in Baker's hand with less than two minutes to go and the Browns are trailing by less than a score, outside of that Cincinnati game last year, where were through that beautiful pass to Donald <laughs> Jones,
3: yeah,
1: It's not been good. It's not, it's been, not been good. good.
3: It's not been good. I feel like, like you said, you brought up Tom Brady. Obviously, like, exact same way, right? Everyone, he was a Michigan guy. He was with the Patriots back, when the Patriots. they was winning so much that you just kind of had to hate him. Like, you guys are just winning way too much. Yeah. We, we don't like you guys, right? But now, you just kind of, you know, obviously, Tom's not going to be around forever. So, you just learn to appreciate him. Is he uh, not, not going to be around forever? Yeah. He, he said it. He said, like, <laughs> I, he got to spend time with his family. He said, I can play. But I'm going to spend time with my family eventually, right? Kind of setting it up. Uh, but I, I feel like that's what makes him the best. Like, right, when the ball is in his hand, and it's game yes. time. No matter how the game went, we got a chance to win it with one score here, a field goal, a touchdown, wherever we need. The ball is in his hand. He just makes the play. Like, wherever that play is, yes. he, he he finds a way to make it. And uh, I think that's where, you know, that's what everybody wants out their quarterback, just to be able to kind of make those plays when, they, when the game is on the line. Um, it, it's funny, like, you know, you play four quarters in football, but how many games comes down to one score? Like even when you're betting, what was usually with a field goal touchdown spread, um, because one is the NFL and that's just how the games turn out. And the balls in time hand, you know, he, he tends to do, do the right thing, especially the more pressure gets into the game, playoffs, Super Bowls. Uh, you know, they need a win. You know, he just tends to make the right play. And, and like you say, with, with it being Baker, what's his Baker? Fourth year? Fourth yeah. Year. Fourth year. Fourth year. Yeah, you just want, that's what you want to see. Like, you just like, hey, let's let's make the plays in the fourth quarter. Everything has happened. We're mad at the referees, sure. We're mad about the early fumble, the early turnover, whatever yes. happened. But now yes. we have a chance. Like, now it's the yes. time yeah. to put together this drive. Give us a chance to win it, and you know, so far, you know, this year, you know, we haven't really, you know, taken advantage of those opportunities. But you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, that shoulders get, right. that get better, and, and uh, we Listen win tomorrow. We we win. We beat we beat Denver. Beat the Broncos and.
1: Let's go. You know, we, we get back to having our great season that we all know we got the roster to have. So. <laughs> right. Listen here. We're going to let you, you've been on with us for two hours, man. I, this is, <laughs> it's It's been unbelievable. I'm, I'm, we're going to let you go, but I want one last thing. Ma- make us feel good about the Browns for the rest of the season. Give us, give us the pump up feeling good about the Browns for the rest of the season.
3: This is our year. So we haven't got to oh. division ball yet. So when we play the teams in our division, we're going to dominate. We're going to, beat, we're going to beat Cincinnati. We're going to show that we run Ohio. I know Joe was down there. Those guys are, to me, playing above what I expected. But we're going to yeah, beat those guys. Yeah. We know we're better than the Steelers. So there's no reason Ooh. to look for the Steelers. We're definitely Ooh. better than them. We're going to beat the Steelers. And when we play the Ravens, we're going to get that, that hump off our back. Uh, Let's go. Get over that Lamar hump. And we're gonna we're gonna win there as well. So we're gonna dominate our division once we get to those games, and then that's gonna uh, get us into the playoffs. And then is anybody's game from there. So it's the season's in front of us. (laughs)
2: Let's
1: go, Brian Browning. Brian Browning, man.
2: Brian, go watch go watch the rest of this Coastal and App State game, man. Go watch. (laughs) Four fifty to go. Four fifty to go, and it's tied at twenty seven. Let's go. Listen,
4: <laughs>
1: if you're not, there are not nearly enough of you following Brian Browning uh, on Twitter, uh, if you don't follow him, get over there at BR underscore Browning, Brian Browning, Ohio State Buckeye, former captain, former NFL player, current uh, barbecue connoisseur. Uh, <laughs> and, and if you've not been to his place, the pit barbecue down in Columbus, three locations, I'm going I'm going to make a weekend of it uh, soon Uh, and we're going to come check it out. Uh, Dude, Brian, every once in a while we have a guest on that we have so much fun with that we just completely lose track of time. This was one of those (laughs) nights. It's been so much fun talking football with you. Your story is incredible. Uh, What you have done is an inspiration for people from similar backgrounds as you, but also from people not from similar backgrounds from you. What you have done with your life is a complete inspiration it has been so much fun having you on. And uh, oh, yeah. you know what? Let's get you back onto the Garage Beers podcast at some point uh, in the future. Oh, yeah.
3: For sure. Awesome. Thank
1: you. Thank for you sure. so much for joining oh, us. Oh, yeah.
3: Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. One shot. I got to shout my brother. He brought my brother. He getting married next weekend. So shout Let's, out to go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to married next weekend. And my nephew was
1: real, so. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. This is fun. This is fun. I want to know where's Robert's wedding at? We're coming. <laughs> the Columbus Roger's podcast it's a Columbus. is coming.
4: You,
3: you, 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 Let's it's go. A Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, right down the road. Right down the road. You get some barbecue. You know, you come to the wedding. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> are you guys catering? You guys catering? We're not catering the wedding, but we are catering the um, rehearsal dinner.
1: Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. So when me and Chad when me and Chad show up in our uh, dumb and dumber tuxedos,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, don't we gotta, pay any Mike, attention to us, Mike. Mike, we got to
2: Mike, we got to figure out a backstory like Wedding Crashers.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, dude, Brian, thank you so much again for for taking the time. Congrats to your brother on the big wedding, and uh, uh, again, we'll uh, hopefully talk to you soon down the line. All right, all right, guys, thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. And once again, what a freaking guest! What a, what a, I'm not even using the freaking, what a fucking guest Bryant Browning is <laughs> dude. Not only, not only was he an incredible guest for the podcast, I want to go hang out with him. I'm going to go drink bourbons with him. I'm gonna I want to go barbecue with that dude, Bryant Browning. I want my wife and his wife to be friends. Like I like <laughs> that dude was so fun to have on the show he was so cool, and man, that dude is knowledgeable. And the way he talks about football, whether it was talking about his time at Ohio State or the current Buckeyes or the Browns or whatever, ah, man, I loved it. I, Brian Browning is is like I I don't try to rank our guests, man. Because but you but some, you are now, but you are ah, now. We've
2: had some. <laughs> we've had some of the craziest guests. We I know. Had some I the know.
1: Crazy. When you think of the people that have been on this show with us, Chad, I know what I know. We are I know. nobody. And these people come on the show with us. Brian Browning is up on my list of some of my favorite guests we've had. He was awesome. Again, if you do not follow him, get over to at least to Twitter and follow him at BR underscore Browning. That dude is, he is incredibly smart. He's got a great football mind. The dude should be a coach. In my yeah. opinion, but, but you can also catch him on Spectrum uh, uh, if you're in the Columbus area, breaking down the the Buckeyes on the post game show, dude Chad. Excellent get, I give you a hundred percent credit on that. Excellent get for Bryant Browning for the show. He was awesome.
2: Thank you, thank you. I I just Rack it did up for Chad. I just blew my mind. I don't know how that's possible, but I just blew my mind. Uh, <laughs> with that no. It, it, it was awesome. Everything you just said, Mike. I, I really do, you don't even have anything to add on to that because you know everything you said. I I want to go down and drink some bourbon and have some barbecue
1: with that guy and just I don't know, just hang out and chill. Hey, hey what are you doing? Like I don't know. The next time you're available, because I'm ready. <laughs> okay.
2: All right. I mean, we said we
1: want to go down to a Jackets game, so let's go. Yes. Speaking of the Jackets, again, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Bryant Browning. Incredible guest. Go follow him. But speaking of the Jackets, I know last night sucked. I know last yeah. night sucked. The, the Jackets played the Red Wings last night. That game sucked. Yeah. What a start for the Jackets. I, I, I'm starting to think, listen, I'm not going to let myself get too ahead of myself. So I'm not, not going to start talking about like Stanley Cup or whatever. Don't take this the wrong way. And I don't want to play off of Chad. I don't want to play off of a tragedy, right? No. Or or at least like I don't want to talk about it like that. Yeah. What I do want to say is this, I feel something special about this Blue Jackets team. Again, whether that means maybe they just win more games than people thought they were going to, even if yeah. that means they don't make the playoffs. Uh I feel something special about this Blue Jackets team. There is there's clearly like there's clearly a little bit of a bond that has happened with this Blue Jackets team. And again, I think you can point to a lot of things. I think you can point to the adversity they went through in the off season uh, as far as, as far as hockey goes, right? Uh Your coach, your coach and your team separate. You have a new coach. Uh, You lose literally your entire veteran leadership from last year is gone. Uh, So it's, it's your young core. It's a new coach. And then you have to deal with what you dealt with, with that, with the death of Matisse, Kiblenics and, and, how much he meant to those guys. And you can see how much he meant to those guys and how much he meant to everybody in the organization based on what they're doing for him in Columbus, what they're doing for him in Cleveland, what our buddies at 614 are doing with the, with the Matisse shirt. Like they went through so much Chad this off season. And, and, and again, it feels when you, especially when you talk about Matisse, you, you throw that out a little bit, as far as like, I don't mean to make, what happened to him have anything to do with hockey because it doesn't that's a life of a young man that that should still be here at the same time though you you a little bit feel like this team is forged in fire right like the, the way this team came out and played you went oh shit this team could be pretty good this year yeah yeah yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, with the way they came out, yeah, with the way they played together, they looked, I mean, there were still some defensive lapses. There was still a lot, uh, uh, a bit too much pressure in their own zone for my liking. But the thing that really uh, is the biggest difference for me this year is they are so much more aggressive in the offensive end. Yes. I, 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 I mean, you see them, they're, they're not trying to play opportunistic. They are attacking. And it is, I mean, it, and it really paid off in those first two games. Uh, And you know, I, I know it's. I know uh, you know, like you said, Matisse's death isn't supposed to be about you know, it, it it wasn't supposed to have anything to do with hockey. But I feel like it's something that they rally around, especially in the first game. Man, it was just so uh, like a, such an emotional night, and for them to come out on top in that game, I, I, dude, I don't know. You couldn't have asked for a better start. You couldn't have asked for a better start. Uh, I, I, I mean, from the from Elvis dressing like the Joker,
1: that uh, <laughs> <laughs> was awesome. For, yeah,
2: from Elvis dressing like the Joker for to to, to I mean, I don't know to to line A's overtime winner against the Kraken. It, Those first it, two games, you couldn't have asked for a better weekend. And it, but it's also
1: to the other guys playing well. I know, I know they lost Max Domi for a couple weeks. Yeah, and that but that's what it appears it's going to be. It's probably just a couple weeks. But Max Domi, like when we talked to Jeff Babota, he was like, "These are the guys that got to perform." Max Domi can't come out and score nothing. Patrick yeah. Line can't come out and be nothing. Right. Max Domi came out. Max Domi came out and was the best player on the ice week one. He right. was the best player out there week one. Uh, and, and then getting getting the contributions from literally everybody else the first two weeks. Um, right. Well, and that's what they're going to have to do. That's what they're going to have to do uh,
2: if they want to be successful this year. Everybody's going to have to contribute. I mean, they're going to have to play like a, a, a band of brothers. Like Jeff said, you know, the superstars are going to have to play like superstars, but it can't just be them. You know, and, and you look at that, you look at that fourth line and Corrali, Robertson, and Hoffman, you know, Corrali, uh, you know, has, a, has a, a hit, I believe, and a couple of assists. And, 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 and he's got some penalty yeah, minutes yeah, and a fight. And Robinson has a goal uh, and, and an assist, I believe. And then Hoffman also has an assist. So you've yes. got contributions from the first line to the fourth line right now. And uh, yeah, again, the Detroit game sucked, but I mean, that's the third game yeah, of 82.
1: But, that's the third game of 82. They're not going to well, win them all. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing about the Detroit game, right. Is like, okay. Detroit goes up to nothing. You get that? That was a great goal by Boone Jenner, Captain Boone Jenner. That yeah. backhander was beautiful. Yeah, uh, and you're right back in it, like you're in that game. I know they lose four to one, but it certainly was yeah. not a four to one game. That game was a locked up, locked up, tight game the whole way through. Yeah, and and those are the games that happen, right? I know they lose four to one, but that's two empty net goals. Like, and if you want to uh, check out a quick summary
2: happen. of that game, go check out our TikTok, The Garage Bears.
1: <laughs> but the funny thing, it's one of the greatest TikTok reviews of any game we've done. But the funny <laughs> thing is, like the funny thing is, like that game was within reach, and then you know, you get you do the empty net goals, like you can't. It was basically a two to one game that turned into a four to one game because you go empty net and you just didn't convert on it. At the same time though, like the way they played against Seattle, spectacular. The way they, uh, that opening, that opening night, spectacular. Again, they're just, it feels like, again, not to draw in things that aren't sports related. But when tragedy strikes in places, Mm -hmm. like it did with the Blue Jackets this offseason, you saw it in Boston, uh, yeah. When they had the the, the bombing in Boston, you you saw it in Houston. You've mm-hmm. seen it in places. Teams rally around that kind of stuff. And my expectation, I have to tell you, my expectations of the Blue Jackets coming into this year were, let's see a little more, uh, I, I hate to call it recklessness. It's not meant to be reckless, but like just kind of, aggressiveness under a brand new coach. Sure. Uh, Let's see these young guys trying to make a name for themselves uh, for themselves. And let's see this team play a little better than what everybody thinks. I got to tell you, my expectations through the first three games are a little higher. Now, it's not again. I don't want to make this sound crazy. It's not like playoffs or die. It's not like Stanley Cup finals, but it's also like I feel like this Blue Jackets team should be contending for the postseason. And it's, uh, it's not it's it's not a failure if they don't make the postseason, but like it's also shouldn't surprise anybody if they do.
2: Uh yeah. I mean, it's I don't think it'll surprise anybody, but at the same time, I I don't think anybody should go in, go in with those expectations. Like, like, you know, if that's what you want, then yeah, obviously you want your team to make the playoffs, but you know, this is still a very young team. This is still a a team that still has to come together, uh, you know, a little bit more, you know, it's only three games into the season. It's only three games into the season. They have to carry, they have to carry these opening games throughout the entire season. But I I will say this. And again, going back to the Jeff Sabota interview that we just had this first weekend, you know he, said, he he said this team was going to be a lot of fun and this first weekend mike was a lot of fun i mean they kind of regressed uh in the detroit game to back to like 2020 columbus uh being as as you know detroit spent way too much time in, in their own zone but for the most part for the most part for, through these first three games it has been a lot of fun to watch this jackets team uh be as aggressive as they've been
1: And and I'm going to say one thing, and this is not meant to be controversial for Blue Jackets fans. Jake Voracek is better for the Blue Jackets than Cam was. (laughs) And that's not meant to be controversial. It's not meant to be anything bad against Cam because the dude's a good, like a fine player. And like to not have him is not the most fun thing in the world. But Jake Voracek, through the first three weeks, and what he sets up for the players around him is so valuable. Yeah, that was a that was a good trade for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, yeah. Nothing it, bad it, against Cam. Nothing bad against Cam. But like that was a good trade for the Blue Jackets. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean Cam.
2: Jake check is a little bit better of a playmaker than Cam Atkinson was.
1: Correct. That's he sets it. his I'm, teammates up a little better. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, and
2: and and Jake kind of got away from that in Philly because Claude Giroux was that guy on the line Correct. on that line for for uh, for the Flyers. So now he has a chance to kind of do what he does best here in Columbus, and that's that set guys up. And and boy oh boy, uh, it, it sure has helped throughout these first three games.
1: Listen it, it, again, let's not go overboard. Uh, it's a great start to the season for the Blue Jackets. Two wins, you took a loss, Chad. I don't know if you're watching the same thing, but yeah, of course, uh, Appalachian I am. Of course, State, I am. Of course Appalachian I am. State just won the game <laughs> on a uh, last second field goal. Uh, I, uh, and by the way, by the way, just to get off of this real quick, Appalachian State was beautiful in the end of that game. Coastal Carolina tried to let them score the go ahead touchdown, and they just took a knee. Uh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Um, I I know they lost the game to Detroit. And like you said, you're not going to win 82 games. Beautiful start for the Blue Jackets.
2: 100%. 100%.
1: There's a lot. This is going to be a fun season. Even if they wind up losing more games than anybody wants, I think this team is going to be fun to watch. I think they're going to be competitive. Even in that game against Detroit, again, that was a zero-zero game for the vast majority of the game. And it was exciting. Yeah, uh, and that's not something we saw a lot of last year. So yeah, I uh, it think it should Luke, be fun. Yeah, yeah on, I Jack. mean la, la, last I gonna, word. Last la, word. La, I
2: was gonna say last point. Last point. Even if the jackets don't make the playoffs this year, I think fans can take solace in the fact that I think this team is going to be uh, competitive and a
1: lot of fun to watch. So there that is. All right. Last but not least, before we get to our three cheers of the week, because Jesus, this is an epic <laughs> in uh, an epic <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> And we don't mean to make it so long that you don't want to listen to it, but because shit. There's a lot of shit going on. Uh, and Brian Browning was too fun to not talk to for that long. Uh, last thing, Chad, we haven't talked like even for like a hot minute about the Cavs in forever. Yay. I know. I know. Listen, Yay. man. You gotta <laughs> I'm just get, kidding. got to get off that. You got to get off that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So the Cavaliers <laughs> played their opening. Uh, uh, the Cavaliers played their opening week. Uh, game tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. Watch this. Hold on. Wait. We're, I'm going to come up with an idea here.
4: Okay. Uh,
1: we do our our post game uh, TikToks. Uh huh. And I'm just our post game TikTok for the Garage Beers for the Cavs is just going to be live recording us talking about the Cavaliers. Huh. So I'm just setting it to 60 seconds, and I'm just going to go. Why? Because I think it's a fun TikTok. So, look, we're recording live. (sighs) We're recording live, but we're also making a TikTok because the Cavaliers played their first game tonight. And I have to tell you, man, they lost to Memphis, a good Memphis team. What? Okay, cool. I I guess. First of all, I I guess I ruined that. I don't know how to make TikToks anymore, apparently. (laughs) I thought I had to hold the button down. Anyways. I'm making a TikTok while we record live about the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers played their first game of the season this year down in Memphis and they lost. But, like, first of all, defensively, the Cavs got a lot of shit to work on. Okay. But, like, a lot Uh, of the players. uh, uh, Go on. Oh, no. I was going to say, as has been the case the last, what, five years? But a lot of the players that you wanted to see look good for the Cavaliers fucking looked good. Like Laurie Marketin looked good. Evan Mobley, double-double, I think, or at least he, he might have come up a rebound short. The uh, Ricky Rubio off the bench for the Cavs. And Kevin Love off the bench for the Cavs looked good. I think it's going to be a fun year. I think it's going to be a fun year. They lost. Okay. Let's go, Cavs. Okay. Uh, it's not, listen, again, uh, I don't think the Cavs are going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to win more games than what people expect. The Cavs trotted out tonight, the starting lineup that I hope they were going to trot out. Darius Garland at the point guard. Colin Sexton at the two. Lori Markkinen at seven feet tall at the three. Evan Mobley, your, your top draft pick at four. And Jared Allen, uh, the guy you got in that steal of a trade last year at five. And like, listen to some of these numbers. Again, you you lost a very close game at the end to, to Memphis. But like, Jared Allen went for 25 points on 11 of 11 field goals. 11 of 11. Uh, Evan Mobley, your rookie, first ever NBA game goes for 17 and 9. Uh Sexton scores 17 points on 13 field goal attempts. That's the thing that I love about this team. Darius Garland, 13 points, 12 assists. Then you bring the bench squad in. Kevin Love wasn't great. He wasn't great. Uh, Chetty Osman, 15 points on five of six shooting. Okay. Isaac Okoro came in and played good defense. Ricky Rubio, 12 points, 10 assists. Like cool.
4: <clears throat> there's
1: listen. Um I know the NBA is a league in which stars build upon stars and so can a Cavs team right now compete with the Milwaukee Bucks or the Los Angeles Lakers or the, Cl- no, obviously not. But could this Cavs team be a playoff team? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I love okay. what they
1: did this off season.
2: Sure. Sure. I mean, and if they keep this up, sure, it'll be exciting to watch. But remember, this was kind of how they started to play last season, sharing the ball. I mean, I know they sharing the ball and getting everybody involved, getting a, contributions from everybody. And, and, and that's nice to see. But then they got away from it for some reason, and and they were not fun to watch at all. But uh, I I sure hope they can keep this style up because that yeah you're right Mike that will be a lot of fun to watch and maybe they might be a fringe playoff team, but uh, <clears throat> yeah I mean it was a good start tonight even though they lost. But uh, yeah, as long as they keep playing this style, yeah they will be fun to watch.
1: Well, the the thing they got to work on I don't know how they get better at it. Defensively, you can't be giving up 132 points to any team in a game. That's a regulation game that you gave up 132 points in. Yeah. So that can't happen. So you got to figure out a little bit of defense. But offensively, you scored 121. And again, your guys played well. And like, I, the, I, I don't know. I was watching the game as we were talking to Bryant. Um, the way I saw it, Again, I I feel like so much hinges on Colin Sexton because he was the guy after LeBron and and he was your lottery pick and all that, and maybe that's not fair, but I think a lot hinges on him. But if he's going to play efficient like that, if he's going to go seven for 13, if he's not going to be putting up 28 shots in a game and hitting 11 of them, I, I love the Cavs' chances in a lot of games. So, again... Chad, you and I haven't talked a lot of Cavs, but, like, the season's here. And yeah. and, 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 and I got to say, when I look at this box score, uh, you had seven guys in double figures. And, and, and of course, I'm going to look for Evan Mobley because I think that's truly your centerpiece of this team. 17 points and nine boards on seven of 13 shooting, one of two from three point uh, and six assists in his first ever NBA game. That's a, I, I just, I can't help but feel like there's a little bit of a bright future here. Cause I feel like all of a sudden you've added this seven foot dude that can do just kind of about everything. And and things just look different. I don't know. He I, he seems to be a complexion changer for me. Nope. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah,
2: certainly the future looks good with him. So, I mean, we just got to see how it plays out.
1: Dynamite drop-in, Chad. That broadcasting school has really paid off for you. Fly ball, cut. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. We've been here forever, uh, and we're going to get out of here. But we're not getting out of here before we do our three cheers of the week. So, Chad, you know, I always let you lead it off. Chad, what is your cheer of the week this year? Why do you you let me lead it off? Why? Why? Because you should. Because you should lead it off.
4: Okay.
2: Uh, uh, My cheers goes out to this couple in India.
1: (laughs) Yes, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Well, they got married uh this past weekend or a couple of weekends ago uh they and uh you know they were in a, a region where there was a lot of flooding and <laughs> they were going to uh take a boat uh to the wedding venue but unfortunately uh their boat uh, something happened with their boat and the uh venue that they were getting married at came through and they sent a giant cooking pot over to their home. So they rode their asses to the wedding venue in a giant, uh, giant cooking pot.
4: Let's go. <laughs> what? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah.
2: I, I don't know. You're, you're making, you're making various dishes in this pot and little do you know, You could be so resourceful that it's also a boat.
1: Man, you know what? That is a great cheer of the week. Thank you. And you always come up with good ones. I try to. I let you lead it off. I try to. Uh, Here's my cheer of the week. Uh, Chad, I want you to come next week prepared for this. Okay. Um, But I am cheersing scary movie season. Okay. Uh, I need you to come prepared for that next week because last year you did. You came hard with um, what was the poop monster? Uh, uh, monster. Yeah, Monsters. monster.
4: Yeah, it's
1: amazing. And you haven't come with that at all, but we're coming up on Halloween. And like, I was just kind of flipping through channels the other day and I was like, oh shit, there's scary movies everywhere. Fantastic. Uh, and I watched like The Nun and that seemed scary enough. Uh, so, Chad, I need you to come through, but one of my favorite. One of my favorite seasons of the year is scary movie season. I love when they all hit TV. I love when they all hit the streaming services. I love scary movie season. So I'm just straight up cheering scary movie season chat. Anything, anything you got to throw into scary movie season this year?
2: Oh man. Uh, not, not at this moment, but I
1: guarantee you, I will have something next week. All right. All right. We're getting out of here. We've been here for like, we're like, we're like, <laughs> we're like Two and a half hours it's into the it's been eighty-four years. <laughs> Three hours later, <laughs> uh, but listen, um, I'm not. I, I'm not even mad about it because Bryant Browning came onto this episode and absolutely crushed it. Uh, uh, he was a phenomenal guest. So again, our first thank you uh, for this episode is going to go out to Bryant Browning. Go find him on his Twitter page. Uh, find him on Spectrum on the post game show for the Buckeyes but former captain of the Ohio State Buckeyes, former NFL, I almost said NHL, NFL uh, offensive lineman, and just like an incredible story from the Cleveland area, Bryant Browning, thank you to you for joining us on the podcast uh, and bringing the bourbon. Uh, Again, our thank you goes out to the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, Go check out Belly Up Sports, the Unhinged Radio Network. Check them out. Uh, And uh, uh, as always, our biggest thank you goes out to you, the listener, for supporting us, for coming along on the ride with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We've got another great one planned for you next week. Uh, But stay tuned with us. We we love it. If you love us, get over to GarageBeerShop.com and get a T-shirt or a hat. Uh, And then make sure you follow us on all of our socials at the Garage Beers and uh, subscribe, rate and give us a review. So for Chad over there on the east side of Cleveland, for Joey, who couldn't make it with us tonight, but he's down in Nashville, Tennessee. I am Mike. Go follow us at Garage Beers Chad, Garage Beers Joe and Garage Beers Mike uh, saying this has been episode 87. We'll catch you for 88 next week. Cheers, everybody.